Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Thursday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers live from Dallas ahead of tonight's Blues and Stars season opener. And Dan McLaughlin in the studios with live. me. Live. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, do we have Jamie? Let's test this out. I'm here, buddy. What's going on, Jamie? Not much, man. How you doing? Is this your? Is this kind of like Christmas Eve for you, or actually Christmas Christmas night, basically? It's, this is definitely Christmas night. We uh, getting ready for some blues hockey down here in Big Dallas, and uh, no better way to start the season than taking on you know an opponent in the Central Division that's supposed to be uh, top of the food chain. Doug Armstrong himself said, "Hey, it's Colorado, Dallas, and the rest of us." So it's going to be a heck of a test for the boys. So I, I wanted to start here, guys. When you look at the national pundits and kind of how they view the Blues, Dan, Jamie, things are all negative. They, Seems to be that way, doesn't it? They don't like, yeah, I don't they don't like, like their the, attitude at all. They don't like the Blues this season. They feel as though that this is a team that didn't really get much better from a year ago when they didn't make the postseason. Are we just being homers because we, we think the Blues are going to be a postseason team? Or is there enough to look at from a national perspective and say, all right, I, I kind of understand where they're going? Jamie, I want to jump in on this one because Doug Armstrong said yesterday, yeah, third place looks kind of okay and we'll be all right with, I'm paraphrasing, we'll be all right if we're in third. I want to hear, now we, we built enough to be in first place. Whether or not you believe it or not, let me just hear there's going to be a championship. Let me hear that we're going for a parade. <laughs> Give me something. Third place? I don't know. Maybe well, you get in and you, you let it fall where they may. The chips, I, I get it. But get me, get me excited, Jamie. Tell me why I need to be excited. Turn Dan on, Jamie. Turn, Dan, well, on. turn me on. I will do my best. A um, <laughs> couple of things here. One, yes, Dan, I agree. I mean, let's already start organizing the parade route. Thank I you. I think it's probably a good idea to just pound a whole bunch of resources into that prematurely. I'm, all here. I'm here for it. Don't for worry sure. about ticket sales. Let's just get the parade going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make sure we know exactly what's going on with that parade. Um, no, but you know what I think what Army did is actually, I, I think it's smart. You know, because listen, everybody takes what management says to heart. Like, let's just think of the Cardinals for a second. Anytime the DeWitts or John Mosellock says anything, like, it's gospel. Like, it, it's, got to, like, it's got to happen just like this, or we're just going to be all really angry. And when we kind of toss it to Army, you know, we still, 
in the media are going back and talking about his comments about Colton Pareko, the alpha dog. Now we're holding you to it. Where's the alpha dog? You told us there'd be an alpha dog. So I think what Army's learned over the course of time is why don't we just, you know, just kind of settle down here. Let's not necessarily lower expectations because you didn't make the playoffs last year. You were not a playoff team. So for Army to say, hey, I think we find ourselves in third place in Central Division, I think, one, uh, it's definitely better than last year. Two, it's a realistic expectation. And now fans can be ready for a dogfight all year. It's not going to be running away with the division. It's not going to be at top of the food chain. It's going to be a team that has to play really blue-collar hockey in order to be successful. And if they do, they get into third place. Guys, you guys know the NHL is one league to where a team can just outwill another team and win a playoff series. The most talent doesn't always win. I'm just excited for the blue season. Period. End of story. <laughs> I, you know, I want the parade. I want it all. I want to see a celebration. And um, I'm just excited blues hockey is here. I'm just giving you trouble, Jamie. I think it's going to be one of those years where if Kairou Thomas, probably Bennington, Pareko, I'll throw a Krug, Perunovic uh, combination in there. If they don't play to a better level or at least the level you're expecting, realistically, it could be a, a long year. That's kind of the group I'm looking at. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's your leadership group. That's yep. your core, your foundation, your question marks, okay? Uh, I can tell you this, talking to the players, and and Dan, you know this as well as anybody, you get to the hotels, you get to the dinners, the oh, buses, yeah. you get a chance to really talk to the guys and kind of get a feeling for you know, what they're feeling, what their perception of the situation is, and they're very honest. Every guy knows that last year was not the year that anybody wanted, and specifically the guys that maybe didn't have great years, had down years, they know what the expectations are. And so, look, talking to Pete DeBoer as well from the Dallas Stars, their head coach this morning, uh, as well as, as Matt Duchesne, one of their players, you know, they were very cautious in talking about the Blues because, as, as Pete DeBoer said, that's a team last year that was supposed to be a lot better than they were. We don't want to wake the Giant. We know that they've got a lot of really good players. They, they've got good leadership. They've got some size. They've added some players. And the worst thing that anybody can do is underestimate St. Louis Blues, and especially coming off a down year. So I think that the national media, of course, they have to they have to write their stories and, and talk about it. And most of them just use analytics from last year, which, you know, it's not always applicable for the now. If we're going to do that, let's cherry pick some stats from the year before that and, and see how it averages out. Maybe that'd be a more adequate way of doing it. But, you know, it doesn't matter what the national people think. It matters what happens on the ice tonight. It matters what happens for 60 minutes when they line up against Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski. You know, those are the guys tonight that we're going to have to be focused on. This group looks motivated. Honestly, Dan, I'm just like you. I'm really excited. I, uh, I do have a bit of advice for you, though, Jamie, because I know you've hardly traveled in your life. So this is new <laughs> for you. Yeah, um, it's, it's really new. Yeah, the, la- the last time I was in Dallas with the Blues, uh, I used to have a habit of turning on the hot water, you know, for my suits, so that it was kind of like a steamer for my suits. Yes. And so uh, I didn't realize they didn't pull the plug in my bathtub, 
and I mm. and I fell asleep. And uh, anyway, I flooded my room, oh. and uh, I was over the front desk, and it went through the walls of the uh, the hotel, and then dipped onto their computers, and basically oh, had they had a shortage there in their computers. So wow. I'm just trying to give you some friendly advice. I know you're new to this. Travel isn't a big yeah. thing for you. Uh, just gear up for a long season, and I, I just thought I'd throw that out there for a little advice for you. I, and I have 100% confidence in you. Dan, I like the message that you sent Thank to you. Dallas. Yeah. Flooding out their hotel. Says yeah. We're not only here to take the two points, we're also here to ruin your property. <laughs> uh, I think that's a solid message. Thanks. Odd, oddly enough, Dan, yeah. about 10 minutes ago, I finished steam showering my dress shirt. <laughs> I had it in the shower. And the hot water blaring. I had it going for about 15, 20 minutes. Heck, doesn't matter to me. I don't pay the water bill here. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. But the one thing you got to be careful of that is the um, the uh, the spray. Like, the mm-hmm. you got to make sure that it's pointed in the right direction. Because one time I oh, fired yeah. that bad boy on, didn't realize it walked away. And then the, the outer spray had the shirt covered, soaking <laughs> wet. So, that was uh, then they got to break out the hair dryer. And oh yeah, I mean, it's a whole ordeal at that point. I, I just wanted to give you some friendly advice, <laughs> and I, I know Anthony, you feel the same way. Well, I, I just I we're love, proud of our guy. We're very proud, and we want to make sure that he's ready to go <laughs> exactly. for tonight. Uh, he will be though. You okay. know, he's he's a total pro. I didn't sleep well last night thinking about Jamie. I know. Lane. I know. <laughs> I I like to picture Dan about two a.m. on Netflix. Oh God, what's Jamie going to be like tomorrow? I hope he can make it through this travel day. Trying to calm himself because he's worried about Jamie Rivers in his, uh, not his Bally Sports debut, because obviously Jamie's been doing this for quite a while. That's no problem. But, you know, the the travel. The the travel. Just making sure he's ready to go. He only spent half his life in Russia. Yeah. You know. Right. And everywhere else. All all across. Talking about travel. That's right. Really all across North America. gosh. But. (laughs) <laughs> All right, 2-11, your time check is I'm Mr. Bro- Worldwide, Anthony. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, Jamie, no doubt. Uh, you, 2-11, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Dan McLaughlin in, the entire, for, in for the entire show. Jamie's with us for the first two hours before he does go to uh, get his work done there for a Bally, Bally Sports Midwest. we got the Blues and Stars pregame right here at 6 o'clock on 101 ESPN. And then you got Blues and Stars as the puck drops for both teams on their 2023-2024 season. And uh, this is going to be a fun one, guys. 7 o'clock tonight, puck drops in Dallas. Did the Cardinals miss out on not signing Bryce Harper? You bet they did. Dan will tell you why next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. And there's a high fly ball, deep right field. Harper watches it fly. Harper, high fly ball, center field. He's watching. Harris turns. Harris leaps, and it's gone. Harper with a rainmaker and another stare down. Seven to one, Phillies. And it's turning into the Bryce Harper game again. I don't know how you guys feel. Jamie Rivers, Dan McLaughlin, Dan, you and I kind of talked about this a little little bit yesterday because you and I were on air when Bryce Harper hit that upper tank job 
for his first home run last night in the Phillies' 10-2 victory in Game 3 over the Braves, but I just really enjoy watching Bryce Harper play. Love him. And there might be some people that are still holding on to he was the superstar and he was crowned early and all that, and maybe you're, you know, you got some baseball fans that just don't like him, but I thought you brought up an outstanding point yesterday, Dan, when you said this is a kid that has been he was earmarked for for superstardom even before he got to uh, his teens. I remember watching Bryce Harper videos on YouTube. Somebody came to me and said, hey, did you watch this kid hit? When he was in Nevada? Yes. Yeah. And he has paid off. Like he, He's him, lived up to everything that the hype exactly. delivered. And yeah. you had brought up LeBron. That's really the, the two guys in He's the last the couple of decades that were crowned early. Yep. And have absolutely delivered on superstardom. I, I, I'm curious about Bedard. Is Jamie is with us from Dallas? Yeah. If he'll live up to it, I fully expect that he will. But uh, when I'm watching Bryce Harper, always I think about, man, would he have loved it? And would the fans have loved him in St. Louis? He's only 30 years old. I think that is shocking for some people because he's been around, it seems like, forever. Was brought up in his teens. As you mentioned, the hype was so great around him. It wasn't like he just showed up and then, oh, now we start thinking about this guy. No. 16, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Right. So we've known about him. He manipulated the system to an extent to go to junior college early, Mm -hmm. then got a couple of years there and made himself eligible for the draft when he was 17. So he's done everything you possibly could do to speed up the process to get to Major League Baseball, and then, oh, by the way, he's backed it up times a million. He's that good. He's that good of a player. So the question... This is a guy, too... Go ahead, Jimmy. uh, Sorry, Anthony. This is a guy, too, where you listen to him in the pressers, and I'm looking all over the the social medias today, and like he has dove headfirst into that Philadelphia blue-collar, you know, persona... I can just imagine him sitting up at the presser talking about how much he loves, you know, playing in St. Louis or, you know, like he's just a guy that you believe what you hear from him and he's backing it up on the field, which is amazing. How about what he did last year too, guys, when Hennessy Cabrera puts one right in his face, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball drops down to a knee and then has the presence of mind after the game when a lot of guys would have been pissed and said, how can you let that happen? You can't control a fastball. You shouldn't be in the major leagues. This yeah. is terrible. Uh, didn't do any of that. And said, hey, I know the ball could get away. This happened. Consoled Cabrera. And at that point, if you're a St. Louis fan and you didn't like him because you thought he was a villain, you should thank him and say, you know what? That's He's mature. That's a mature kid. Yeah. And, man, I, that's, I give him a lot of credit for doing that. And I he, think he won over a lot of people. Oh, he did the same thing, too, when Blake Snell hit him on the hand. And Blake Snell felt terrible about it. You saw how upset Snell was. And he kept kind of talking to Harper. You know, say, He kept saying, my bad, my bad. And, and Harper, before he got to the dugout, turned back and said, I know, I know. De-escalated Yeah. It. You know, I'm I'm upset because yep. I got hit. Not at you though. It's all good. And him and Snell, you know, talked after the game as well. I, I think that what we're watching is not only a superstar, but somebody that has has gone from that villain that you know. And I didn't use these words, but I think a lot of people kind of viewed him as like this punk kid. And he had his missteps. I mean, we saw that here in St. Louis with the clown clown, you know, question bro and all that. Yep. Like. And didn't run balls out. That remember he and Papelbon got into oh, it. Oh, Papelbon tried to choke him literally yeah. in, the, in the dugout there. But he he went from this 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 cocky kid who had a lot of talent to a mature leader who is performing 
on the biggest and brightest of stages the last two years. It's been awesome. I love watching him but play. That's and, what happens, guys. And Jamie, you that's love watching him play. We've talked about yeah, it. You and, love watching him. And the biggest thing for me is these young players that are superstars pick any sport you want. We had some great options on the text line talking about Tiger Woods. And of course, Sidney Crosby yeah. was the next one, Connor McDavid. Like, but you watch these guys and there's a maturation process that happens. Yes. They're superstars. They get to the big leagues or the top level. Then they kind of figure things out a little bit, but it's constantly evolving their leadership ability so like Bryce Harper if we just isolate Bryce Harper and you talk about how you know some missteps along the way he made you know a couple of punk moves back then well no kidding he's been the heir apparent the superstar guy who's never had to really be held accountable and then now he's in the majors and he's still dealing out there but at the same time he's learning how to be a professional and you know you have speed bumps along the way the the shame that happens is when these athletes don't realize that those speed bumps are something that needs to be corrected. And I think that with Bryce Harper, that he has corrected that. Like, honestly, I don't know if you don't like Bryce Harper, it's just because you're jealous at this point, because he really hasn't given you any other reason not to like him. His play is speaks for itself and his demeanor on and off the field has been exemplary. So he, you know, if you don't like him, that's on you, not on him. I also, I dig how, you know, like uh, Orlando Arce of the Braves, the, apparently the, the Braves clubhouse was kind of poking fun at Harper when Harper took off the other night and made that, you know, base running mistake. It was an aggressive play, but he made a mistake. And um, his, his teammates, Harper's teammates yesterday were like, well, hey, you got to make him pay for that. And when Harper hit the first home run, he looked right at Arcia as yep. he was going around second base. That, to me, that competitive fire, not only do I love to see it in Harper, I just love to see it in baseball. Because in sports, a lot of, you know, a lot of times these guys are... Don't you love a good villain? I love a good villain. I, but I, I, I love a good back and forth, too. And yep. when somebody like Harper can back it up, I think it adds... it adds even more intrigue to a game that's already great. But then we'll have people, and, and Jamie, you can dovetail this i mean then you'll have people that say well he's just trying to show somebody up and and i look at it now in the game of baseball if you can flip your bat and you can do dances and you can do everything you want after hitting a home run you you do a stare down on a guy so what they let it happen now all the time so what's the difference don't yeah don't be better yeah beat him it's and i don't know if you feel that way jamie but be be better just beat the guy yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, look, if you don't like to get embarrassed, don't embarrass yourself. If I'm a pitcher and I know that Bryce Harper's at the dish and I serve up a cement mixer and he takes it four area codes away, <laughs> that's that's on me. I, I'm crappy at that point. Yeah. And, you, you know, you should be giving him something that he can't hit, something that's garbage, almost just testing his own patience and seeing if he's got the discipline at the plate to lay off some of this stuff. But across the sports overall, guys, you know, we've always encouraged this entertainment value, personality, you know, add some drama, some storylines exactly. to these games. Yet everybody has been so guarded for so long about, well, you don't want to show up the opponent. You don't want to show up this. Like, enough of that. Enough. You guys are the brand. Get out there. Like hockey players, they have goal celebrations now. Football, they obviously they have always had some celebrations. And the NFL tried to pour cold water on that for a while. And 
Like, if you're trying to sell your game, you have to sell the players. And the players create these awesome moments. And then if there's a reaction to it, so if a pitcher doesn't like it, you pitch him inside next time. You know, like, add some drama to this thing. In hockey, if you don't like that a guy put it top shelf and celebrate it right past your bench, you know what? Don't let him do that next time. Or get some physicality in the game. I mean, I, I've always thought that players should just be themselves out there, do what comes naturally, and, and create this entertaining, entertaining environment for everybody. So, guys, we, we teased it. Do the, Cardinals, do the Cardinals miss out on not signing Bryce Harper? He signed for 13 years, $330 million. It included $20 million, a $20 million signing bonus, and obviously baseball contracts are all guaranteed. Did they miss out? Well, yes, they did. But, Dan, I think you know this better than anybody. The Cardinals, the Cardinals don't hand out those types no, of they contracts. Don't. They just they, – it's just their – it's kind of their model, so to speak. It's just, they just don't do it. They, they don't view the contract being worth it when it's all said and done. And the thing was, they were kind of at the forefront of doing that initially because they gave Pujols $100 million. And that was a guy, though, that, that was theirs. They knew him. They knew the kind of player and person that he was. And you can do all the homework you want and visit with Scott Boris, and he's going to give you uh, 30,000 30, pages on the player as to why he's the next coming of Jesus. So <laughs> you, you're going to get all that, but you got to do your own due diligence. And so they did that with Pujols. I think it can get a little bit more uncomfortable if you don't know that player. I mean, you try to do as much as you can, but you only know so much. The thing that'll be interesting with this contract is how much success he has early on to where that Philly town and that Philly crowd will say, yeah, the back end of this is kind of ugly because it might get ugly. Uh, he plays with, you know, a vicious band, uh, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that lets it all on the field, so to speak. So he's going to get injured. He's going to have that stuff. He's going to have to play through it. But how does the body hold up after that? And, um, and the back end, does he do enough in the front end to say, well, we're going to let that go. We're, we understand, though, that we're getting a Hall of Fame player. We get to watch the guy in the back end of the Hall of Fame. And to your point, would he fit in St. Louis? This crowd, this city would have loved him. Loved him. Now, the Cardinals, I'm sure it felt uncomfortable to go 13 years. I don't know if the money would have made them uncomfortable, but I think the 13 years would have. Yeah, the commitment yeah. on that front. Boys, do you think that Bryce Har Harper has to bring a championship to Philly? I was just going to ask that, Jamie. Is, if they win one title, is it worth it? I say yes. Mike Schmidt brought the 1980 World Series to the, to the city. And so that as much I mean, he had kind of a love hate relationship with the fan base, the press. I mean, it went back and forth. And now he's regarded as one of the greatest Phillies that ever played. And to your point, Jamie, and maybe you can piggyback on this. You win a championship. It changes your resume forever in that town. You, you afford yourself some bad times. You afford yourself a down year. But you win a championship, and you're the focal point of it. Man, it changes the, uh, the, per, the, the perception of the kind of player that you were in that town. I totally agree. And that's why I kind of posed the question is, you know, if Bryce Harper has all this success, but the, the Phillies never win a world championship, the back end of that contract might look a little ugly. And I think that you know, people are, they're just, that's the way they're wired. Well, they'll look at the way he finished and he never brought a championship here. He just didn't deliver. Yeah, he had some moments. But so I think a guy like Bryce Harper or any player that's in that situation, if they bring a championship to a city, 
when it gets to the tail end of the deal, if it is not, if it is as ugly as we think it could be, people go, yeah, but you know what? Man, did he have a good run with us. He brought us a championship, yeah. brought us to another World Series. That guy, yeah, he competed, man. He left it all out there. I don't care if he's got three years left at whatever. That's fine. I'm willing to take it because that guy, he won it for us. And also, he's going to the Hall of Fame. That's the other thing. Watching oh, yeah. a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame and say, you bring out little Johnny, little Susie, and yeah. say, see that guy out there? He said, it's kind of like the pool hole thing last year. I kept saying, bring your kids down here. You're never going to see a guy like this. And I'm not sure you will. Harper is could be in that category of you're not going to see many like this guy walk through. He's he's that good. That's Dan McLaughlin. Jamie Rivers joining us from Dallas ahead of tonight's Blues and Stars. Don't forget pregame right here on your home of the Blues 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock. We got Blues' biggest storylines for 2023-2024 next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So what are the biggest storylines heading into the season debut for the Blues as they get ready to take on the Stars? It's opening night for the Blues, opening night for the Stars. Jamie Rivers live in Dallas. Dan McLaughlin and me, Anthony Stalter, here in the studio. Jamie, your biggest storyline for the Blues heading into the season is what? Well, can they bounce back defensively? I think that's the main thing. Can they recapture their defensive awareness can they recapture that tight checking blues hockey that they've had well honestly since ken hitchcock has been here this team has been at the top of the food chain when it comes to defensive efforts and defensive structure and for whatever reason all of that kind of fell apart last year and so i think for me the biggest storyline is how much have you been able to correct that problem how much of the new system have you been able to, um, you know, you kind of ingrain into these players? And, you know, how much effort are you willing to put in as a player to change all of that? So for me, that's the biggest storyline. Dan, are you in lockstep? Is it the defense for you? I'll take it a step further. I would say that would be like 1A for me, and mm-hmm. 1 would be Jordan Bennington. Um, having yeah, a bounce go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like Jordan Bennington, and I hate to cut you off, but I get fired up, Dan. I get fired up when, not you, but... Do your I thing. So many, I hear so many people... Turn Dan so, on, Jamie. Cut him so, off. I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> but I hear so many people that just go right to Bennington, and I get it, because if he's successful, if he's the guy that can carry the mail for you, then yeah, absolutely it changes. But I don't think people realize how many goals he had no chance on last year. And, Dan, I told Anthony this about a week ago, and I had I didn't get past midway part of the season last year, but in my psychopathic behavior, I started going back and watching every single goal scored on Jordan Bennington last year. And when I got to about the 37-game mark, there were like 24 goals that were scored where he had absolutely no chance at all backdoor wide open net or a player that's wide open in front of the net and so i just get a little bit oh sideways sometimes when people point the finger at bennington not that that's what you were doing 
but before no, I pretty much was. Line, start to do that. No, I pretty much was. Yeah. Well, you need to stop, Dan. I'm going to stop. If you tell me to stop, I'm going to stop. So Jordan Bennington is mine. That's what makes this fun. There you go. Um, I, I'm with you, though. I think you're 100% right. I mean, one. that's why I said defense would be like 1A for me and 1 would be um, Bennington. But I, I guess it's kind of the easy choice. You could look at any team and say, if their goaltender doesn't play well, they're not going to have a lot of success. And so 1 is kind of in lockstep, as you said, with the other. That's yeah. mine. Marshall, what about you? I'm looking at Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. It's the first season that they are starting the new 8x8 deal. So I want to see how they level up this upcoming year. We talked about it earlier in the week. If they can be elite players, get to you know that 90, 100 point mark, sure. can they do that? And will the Blues rely on them this season to be those players? I also want to see how this depth shapes up throughout the whole rest of the year. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. You bring in guys like Kevin Hayes. You have, you know, Verana. You have Kapanen. You brought back Sammy Blay. How are those pieces going to fit in with this roster? I'm I'm excited to see how it all shapes out. Yeah, I think for I think for me, it, it, it's really what Jamie talked about with the defense and whether or not this system is going to yield better results. I, I think for a lot of people, that's that's kind of the question. So I'll, I'll go I'll go in a slightly different direction, but tie back into our opening conversation today who's going to be right here is it going to be the national media that look at this team and say "Eh, i kind of like the roster better last year and you didn't make the playoffs last year or is it going to be us boots on the ground looking at and saying okay we knew that you were going to lose some guys last season whether that's definitely vladimir tarasenko but are you also going to lose Ryan O'Reilly are you also going to lose Ivan Barbashev and then what do you do as a counter to that because you've got a lot of guys that are under contract and that have no trade clauses you knew this was going to be kind of a a roster Mm -hmm. so Army I thought was very savvy with the moves that he made last year and bringing in uh, Kasperi Kapanen and Verana Kevin Hayes this offseason I really liked what he did on top of you know bringing back Sammy Blay but who's going to be right? Who's going to be wrong? Because one of us is going to be right. One is going to be the local media that look at it from a closer eye and say, you you made some slight adjustments that are going to be, yield big results. Or is it going to be the national pundits that say, no, we told you the roster wasn't as good as a year ago when they didn't make the playoffs. And that's why I'm saying Jordan Bennington. But, Jamie, oh, you go right Dan. ahead. Go Come right on. <laughs> no, I look at it this way, guys. Is Look, the national media – to your point, Anthony, they're not as dialed in on a daily basis with the team. Uh, they're not at the rink every day. They don't watch every practice. They don't watch every pregame skate. They're they're not checking out every single preseason game. They're just kind of throwing a blanket out there. And the blanket statement is that, I don't know, I don't see this team being as good as last year on paper. Well, that's fine. But I do think, to your point about Army, is he's been very – Um, very savvy and very uh, coy about how he's retooling this team. And guys, let's not forget something here now. And talking to Mike Weber, Blues' new defense coach, you know, he says there's like 2,500 games played on this blue line. Last year was a down year for these guys. But if you went back and you had a chance to take each and every one of those defensemen and you had to put money on whether or not they'd have a good season this year or a better season, and you, all you could do is use the analytics from all of their years past, not just last year, you'd probably put your money on them to be a lot better this yeah. season. 
You know, I, I don't think that one season in a positive way is enough to sway everybody that this guy's a superstar. I also feel the same way about a down year. One down year isn't enough to say that these guys are terrible. I think when you look at the averages, when you look at the season after season after season, you kind of get a better idea as to who that player is. Now, the X factor in all this, it doesn't have a number attached to it. There's no analytic for it at all. It's motivation. It's motivation to play better than you played last year. And I can tell you that the guys who are here in this in, in this, this locker room, this decor, they all are hungry, extremely hungry to play better than they did last year. Jamie, does it amaze you? It is for me, and maybe just from not being around a day-to-day and watching from afar that I, I – look at it this way i can't believe this is the ninth season for colton pareko this is season number nine is that shocking for you or is it you know like no big deal no it is shocking and actually i'm glad you brought him up because chris kerber voice of the blues uh, i think he's actually going to be joining you guys at some point today and uh joining us at 315 there you go he had a he did a side-by-side of jay bowmeister and colton pareko at their first eight seasons in the NHL, the numbers are almost identical. Mm. Honestly, it's scary. The numbers are almost identical, but you know what? There's one massive difference in numbers that's absolutely lopsided for Colton Pareko. What what category or what one thing do you think that is? That's absolutely lopsided in a positive. I mean lopsided in a, in a positive lopsided. way for uh, Pareko. Yes. Um. Interesting. Uh, let me help you out here. Power power play points. No playoff games. Oh. In the first eight years of Jay Bowmeister's career, he had zero playoff games mm. played in the NHL. Colton Pareko, I forget the number now, but it's a big number. And oh, can I remind you that he also has a Stanley Cup ring to go with it. So when the local fans or people are quick to jump and pounce on Colton Pareko, just remember his numbers are almost identical to Jay Bowmeister in the first eight years of their careers. And he also has a Stanley Cup ring to which Jay Bowmeister did not have. And then we remember now how much we loved Jay Bowmeister. So maybe we start looking at Colton Pareko in a little bit of a different light. Pareko had 12 points, two goals, 10 assists and averaged over 25 minutes of ice time, by the way, in that run of the playoffs, which I think gets overlooked with him. Because he's 6'6 and 230 pounds, and it's been talked about ad nauseum, everybody thinks he's the next coming of Chris Pronger, but you start throwing out those numbers and what he did in the Stanley Cup run, you go, hmm, that catches your attention a little bit. No doubt, no doubt. Well, would you guys take Jay Bowmeister? Right now, would oh, you yeah. put him on your blue line? Of course, yeah. Okay, let's go. So let's do this. Let's dive into it a little more, and I'll make it quick. Jay Bowmeister, six foot four. Colton Pareko, six foot six. Jay Bowmeister never really hit anybody out there. Colton Pareko, not a physical presence. Jay Bowmeister, excellent skater. Colton Pareko, excellent skater. Both guys good defensively. Both guys relatively quiet in the locker room. But you take you, if you're willing to take Jay Bowmeister and you'd celebrate that right now, you kind of have to suck it up and say, man, you know what? I guess I'd take Colton Pareko too. Right. No, that's a good call. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Jamie Rivers, Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We got Thursday night football tonight. It's an AFC West matchup that shouldn't be close. But there is the lingering question of, the, of Kansas City, and Travis Kelsey is expected to play tonight with a bad ankle and a bad knee. 
Kansas City, the though. Swifties going to be there. Yeah, this, and, and apparently the the Swifties are going to be there tonight. What about yeah. Jerry Judy? Uh, Jerry Judy might be there. Yeah. Are you looking at it from a fantasy football yeah, perspective? Well, yeah, and others. I mean, they're talking about he might get traded. Yeah, well, I wonder if the Broncos completely tear this thing down. That's right? what I'm saying. But I think when you look at the Chiefs' offense, boy, if you don't if you don't Ooh. get it if you don't get it right tonight, maybe we do start to have the conversations. I'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In less than 10 minutes, we've got Blues over-unders that will play, and we're going to talk to Chris Kerber at 3.15, so plenty of Blues talk coming up with Jamie Rivers. He's out in Dallas for tonight's Stars and Blues matchup, and Dan McLaughlin is here with me in the studios. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody listening. There's also a football game on tonight. It's AFC West matchup. Not expected to be close, but who knows? These, These two matchups a year ago were close between the Broncos and Chiefs. In fact, both games were played late in the year. You had a December 11th game in Denver where the Broncos erased a big lead and nearly came back and beat the Chiefs. And then you had a matchup in January where the Chiefs won by three despite being double-digit favorites. These divisional games can be interesting. You know, I just got to tell you, Anthony, I just just really hope the Chiefs get to, you know, probably 11 or 12 points and win this game. I just feel good about that. 11 or 12, that seems very... Just a gut Specific. feeling. No, just a gut feeling. You know, like you, you you skipped over some key, like 10, 14. Those are usually key numbers nah, in football. I, I need you went to, right to 11 or 12. Yeah, 11 or 12. Just an un, uneven <laughs> number. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, fascinating. Ooh. What are you laughing at, Jamie? <laughs> just, just enjoying what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the bigger questions tonight, like we all know the Broncos stink, and, and it'll be interesting. Dan, you alluded to maybe maybe they start to sell off pieces here at the deadline. Don't you uh, think after tonight when they get blown yeah. out by 11 points that they will? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jerry Judy, Jerry, Cor- Cortland Sutton. Well, there's a report today that Jerry Judy could be on the move. I so think, if, if he be, might be the first chip that falls. Hoping. Yeah, you're yeah, right, Jamie. I think, I think you're right. But if you look at this matchup from Kansas City's perspective, the Chiefs really haven't been firing in all cylinders offensively. And some people will bring up like Eric Bieniemy losing him. I don't think it's Taylor him as Swift. yeah Taylor Swift coming in and mm. trying to steal all of Travis Kelsey's money. Clearly, yeah. Um, Good call, Anthony. Yeah, I, Chris, my wife Kristen goes popularity. She's. <laughs> Kristen told me she read something where Taylor Swift in one night makes Travis Kelsey's entire oh yeah salary. I don't know about you guys oh, easily. You know, Jamie, you've got kids that are you know involved in in terms of watching the NFL, and I don't know if you know you've got four kids, so I don't know if all of them are watching the NFL. But I can tell you this: at the old McLaughlin household, I got two boys that are locked in. They play fantasy football, so they love it. My they're wife, beating, they're beating their old man like a drum right uh, now. Oh, it's I'm over. It's it's bad. I should be benched myself. But um, <laughs> they the the girls now in my household. If the Chiefs are on, and I mean this sincerely, am I? They're watching because they want to see if Taylor Swift is going to be shown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the phenomenon. I don't get it, but it's obviously the phenomenon is real. But they watch. And then they're like, hey, where's the next Tom Brady commercial? And then at that point, I flip it off. Yeah. You don't need to see Tom Brady, too. Just right. be quiet. But that's where it's at right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. You know, my uh, it's a problem. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, 
seems to think that Travis Kelsey is a good-looking dude now, too. And then my youngest daughter, mm. who's 14, she all of a sudden has an interest in the Kansas City Chiefs because she is a massive Swifty. Knows every song, every word. I'm telling you, Dan, she plays it all the time. Mm. But... She yeah she's like oh she's asking about the Chiefs because she's wondering well is Taylor Swift going to be at the game are they going to show her who's she going to bring to the game with her where's all her posse and her friends and it's created a sideshow for the NFL not in a negative way I mean it's created a quite a buzz towards the NFL I think some people are a little over it that every time she's there they show her four hundred times but it doesn't matter right now it's a big storyline it's kind of fun so circling back to speed and travis kelsey he, he's expected to play tonight he's got a bad ankle he suffered that one against minnesota i didn't think he was 100 yet off the knee injury that he suffered right before playing the lions on opening night but if this chief's offense doesn't get right tonight i, I think you could start to have the conversation of, of you could start to have the conversation of like what's wrong because the broncos have allowed or are allow, are allowing 36.2 points per game this season they are allowing nearly 40 points a game. Now, you throw is a 70. Bad, Anthony? It's real bad, Jamie. You throw mm, a 70. Sean Payton is a genius, fellas. Yeah. yeah he doesn't yeah, do the defense. go back to making movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be all right. You throw a 70-burger in there, your your average is going to come up go. a bit. But Anthony, that, they stink. That's I don't still, care what 70 burger, nothing. They stink. That's still dead last in the NFL. They're allowing 15.1 more points per game than a year ago, and and that's like the biggest difference in in a, in a back-to-back years in like the Super Bowl era. So again, if the Chiefs don't figure it out tonight offensively, ugh, now we could start saying, okay, what what seems to be missing right with this Kansas City offense? Are we all rolling Are you with really the Chiefs? Worried? No, I'm not worried at all. I just think I'm just laying it out there. If if they don't move the ball consistently tonight, something is up. Denver. Okay. And to your point, Jamie. Denver stinks. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes those teams that stink like that, they have a different rhythm that you play against that screws you up more than anything. I remember playing teams that sucked, like, and they're standing where they shouldn't be. And the goalie makes a save that he shouldn't make because he's in the wrong spot. It, it throws everything off sometimes. I'm G- not even kidding. Jamie, what you're describing is my poker game. Like my buddies, <laughs> I remember when my buddies wanted to play poker with me. Like, hey, uh, kid, you know, play poker with us. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. They're, they're like, perfect. We'll play for money. So you sit down. And then I'm I'm in hands that I'm not supposed to be in, you know? Like I got seven Why would you stay with that? Exactly. Why I would got, you stay there? I got seven deuce <laughs> off suit and I'm all in, you know, and they're like, What what are you doing? And somehow I catch, you know, a seven on the river or something. But uh that's what to, that's when you're describing that, I'm I'm thinking of my poker game. I'm thinking of players that uh and that don't make plays and then teams that, you know, all of a sudden pull to within ten or closer, and I think to myself, you know what, this team has got something going. You know, 10 or closer, and I, 10 and a half, I mean, just 10 or closer. Mm-hmm. But if you're, like, around 11 or more, then I'm like, you need to rebuild. Sure. And that's what I'm looking at so tonight. That's what you're looking at tonight. Absolutely. You're going to judge the final score. You bet I and am. And figure out which way you're going to take this 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 opinion yeah, for Denver I, and Kansas City. Well, the other thing, too, I'll be watching out for, fellas, is Kirk Herbstreet, because I never see him. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see if he's on the game. You know, I never huh. see him on college game day. I never see him on the prime game. And now the NFL prime Thursdays. I hardly see the guy. So, so you see Yeah, the Kirk. guy yeah. needs more airtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we rolling with the Chiefs this week, though? Because last week we took no, the, the 
I commanders. Think, everyone took the commanders in the yeah, pick challenge. Yeah. Uh, no, we're going to say we, I'm right. on the Broncos. Oh, guys, I went Broncos. No, you're not. Yeah, I went Jamie Broncos. and I are on the Broncos. Yeah. Are you tonight? Russ oh, yeah. Away. Russ is going to cook, Yeah, yeah you, mm. you remember me saying that. Russ it, is going to cook. And, well, you know why, right? Because I heard Sierra is going to be in attendance as well. Nice call. Oh. And so, yeah. We're gonna have Russ versus Kelsey, and we're gonna have this, you know, Taylor Swift against Sierra. It's gonna be a, like a, a, a double header where you've got one whole thing going on on the field, and you got this other big battle going on. I heard there's gonna be a sing off at halftime. I mean, it's gonna get wild. You gonna put those two in the trenches there, uh, Jamie? Just let them, you know, put a shoulder pads helmet. Just let them, let them go at it. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about Sierra no. and, and the Swifty. No, let him get at it, Dan. I like where your head's at on this one. Yeah, thank yeah. you, buddy. I, I would definitely do that. Thanks. Well, Just throwing well, it out there. Jamie, yeah. Learn and I will be in attendance at Cybergs and Arnold tonight, 6 Plug p.m. It, to 8 p.m. So everyone come watch <laughs> Thursday night football as the Chiefs take on the Broncos. Of it's course, a hell of a segue. the Blues will be taking on the Stars as well. You can come get signed up for some point and 101 ESPN giveaways and enjoy a cold Bud Light. That is tonight, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. What time was that, Marcy? And Learn, it's from 6 p.m. Yeah. to 8 p.m. Got Dan. It. Me I'll and Lauren will be there. And I'll be Dan, there too. I'm Dan's going to be there and uh, uh, be in a corner by myself watching the Chiefs and uh, the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So don't like bother I said, me. Uh, that means you, Marshy. Anybody else, come right up. But I'll tell you what, Marshy, you leave me alone. I'm going to be locked in. Your, Dan, I'm going to be eating my cigars. Love Marshy. I just I got just him not for, tonight. I got him for four hours right now. Yeah. I need a break. I need to recharge the batteries with Marshy. You don't need them tonight from 6 to 8 at it's, Cybergs. Mm. Wait a minute. It's at Cybergs? <laughs> yeah. Cybergs and Arnold. Six, and Learn's going to be there, right? Learn will be, be there. there. Yep. And it's 6 to eight. 8. Got it. Okay, Marshy, I'll come see you. Dan, I appreciate that. It, it, I get it, though. If you don't, if if it's too much, I'll just give you a head nod and we'll go our separate ways. I love it. Sounds great. Blues over unders next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In 10 minutes, we're going to chat with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. Curbs down in Dallas, as is Jamie Rivers. Who joins Curbs us right is now? He's right next door to me. Is he? He's literally right next door to me. He's probably, I probably listening. knock on his door and have him come over. And oh yeah, we should, you. there you go. You guys can share a mic, Jamie. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. Dan McLaughlin here as well. I'm Anthony Stalter. Three hundred five. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. All right, Marsh, take over. What do you got for blues and uh, what do you got for blues over unders? All right, let's start with Jordan Cairo and his goals. I'm setting the line at 39 and a half. Are you wow. going over or over. under? Wow. Over. You're going over? Oh, yeah. He's going to have 40. If that, top st- if that top line stays together, then I'd say I'd take the over. I don't anticipate that top line sticking together. There's Shut too much talent mouth, on one line, Anthony. Negative, Dan. You know what? Cut his mic in Dallas. He doesn't need to be talking about this right now. <laughs> Let's let the two experts... Get yeah. after this. <laughs> Let's do this hockey, Dan. Yeah. Anyway, I'm taking the under. And that's my thought process behind it. And I'm sticking to it. Jamie? Jamie? Okay, so here's my thought process. Is last year for at least half of the year, if not more, 
There was competition on the power play with O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Barbashev getting time out there. There's no real competition this year. Jordan Kairos first over the boards with Thomas and Buchnevich. That power play unit's going to get the lion's share of the opportunities. Uh, and he had 37 last year, uh, also with a team that wasn't performing up to snuff. So this team performs better. Tory Krug gets back to being the, the, the power play quarterback that we know he can be. Uh, I'm going to say that Jordan Kairou gets into the 40s this year. So I will go over. That a boy. Mm. I fully anticipated you taking the under, but <laughs> you will be on the broadcast tonight, you know. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. Just no, wait till all those people it. call you a homer. It's going to be a lot of fun for yeah. you. Dan, he got 37 last year. I know. You're telling me he can't score three more? I didn't say he couldn't. I just took the under. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, That's interesting. (laughs) All right, guys. Marshy question two, please. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. (laughs) Robert Thomas assist. I'm setting the line at 48 and a half. Robert Thomas assist. What do you got, Jamie? Uh, 48 and a half. So let's assume he's a 20 goal scorer this year. Um, he's going to be a point-of-game guy, so I would say that you'd automatically have to go with the over on this one. So I'll go with the over. Again, he's going to be driving the bus offensively for this team. Every single power play, every single overtime, anytime there's an offensive opportunity, Robert Thomas will be out there. So what's the num- I will go over. What's the number, 48 and a half? 48, 48 and a half. half. He had 57 two years ago and 47 last year. Yeah, I'm taking so the over on this. I'm going to take the over. Yep. yep. All right, next one, Jordan Bennington's save percentage. I'm setting it at 912. Mm. Wow. Well, after listening so his- to, to you, Ribs, uh, tell me that this defense is world-class. Um, well, I didn't I, say I, that, Dan. Well, I, I read into it. You I'll it. fully admit it. You heard it that uh, way. I just, that's the way mm-hmm. I wanted to hear it. So I'm going to say that uh, it's going to be better than that. Yeah, I'll take the over. I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to have a great year, too, but that's going to be tough. He he had a 9-12 save percentage in 2019 and a 9-27 save percentage when they won the Cup. He hasn't really approached that of late. I think he has a good year, but I don't think he gets to that. I think I think it's I think it's under 9-12. Mm. Yeah, that's that. – I'll tell you what, Marshy, uh, great job with the uh, – placing the line there because you mm. put it in a spot that really just sucks <laughs> hey um, hey hey it just does I, I think this team is better defensively but I don't know if they get to that elite status that they were you know a couple of years ago um, I'll say under but like barely I see him with like a 9-10 save percentage in and around that but I'll go under so I'm the only guy positive about Bennington here uh, well that's this, what you're telling me in this regard yes. okay all right but only in this regard question four please all right let's look at the blues power play percentage I set the line at 21 and a half 21 and a half percentage yeah, I'm going to go over because they have to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. For this for this team to be successful, they've got to get that power play. I've I've used top 10 in the NHL. I think it's got to be top 8 in the NHL. They've got to go back to being that power play juggernaut that they have been for a couple of years. Like last year was not great at all, bottom of the league, but the two years before that they're in the top 5. 
So, you know, what version are they? I know David Perron was part of that power play, so was Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly was still part of that power play for a lot last year. It didn't work. I think that the maturation and the development of Thomas and Cairo and certainly Pavel Buchnevich, I think that I'm going to go with the over. Who are you going to put on the points there, Jamie, primarily on your power play? Tori Krug. Tori Krug's the guy. And he who else? I know Krug. Four forwards. Four forwards, one defenseman. So I, I understand that. But, I mean, are you going to go, who's your second defenseman that you'll bring out there at times? Would you go oh, Perunovic? Like for, for the second unit? Yeah. No, Justin Falk. Okay. Justin Falk. I, I think that uh, if Perunovic is in the lineup, I think you give him, obviously you give him an opportunity because that's what I want to see him play more, man. I, I just want to see him play more. He's got to play more consistently. Yeah. That's the problem right now is defensively, he's just not there yet. And the problem, this favors the player because he has to clear waivers to go down to the minors. So, therefore, now he's still in the NHL because the Blues would absolutely lose him if they tried to waive him. But this guy should be playing games at yeah. a pro level. And that's the only thing that's, that's slowing him down right now is proving to the coaching staff here that he can play five-on-five on, five on a regular basis because we know he can run a power play. That's my point. I just want to see him get in a lineup on a consistent basis this year and what do you have? Let's find out if if the national pundits and others are saying, eh, it's going to be a third-place finish at best and not a rebuild but kind of retooling things. I don't know about you, Ribs. I just want to see what he's got. Yeah, I agree. I think that right now, though, like the margin for error is slim. And although you're talking about, well, we just want to finish third, it's going to it's going to be an absolute gauntlet to finish third in this division. And there's no gimme games. Your gimme games were at the end of last season when you were way out of the playoffs and you traded off all your guys. Those were the games where you're like, ah, let's play the kids, see what happens. You know, it is what it is. Let's uh, you'll sink or swim. Right now, it's just not that time. Yeah. And right now is where the player's going to have to prove on a daily basis that you know he can compete with the other guys to provide that same consistency on the defensive side of it. All right, last one, guys. Blues total points on the year. I have it set at 91 and a half. I'm going to go over on that. I think they're a playoff team, and you, when you look at it, they're, they're going to be in that 90 to 93 range to make the playoffs, so I'm going to go over. I think they want it with 92, 93. I'm with you. I'm going to go over right at it, but I'm going to go over just slightly. Yeah, no, I'm going over for sure. Uh, to be a playoff team, to finish third, you've got to be – Somewhere in that 94 to 97 points, depending on how everybody else does. And guys, while I'm at it, I'd like to address a text from the Air Comfort Service text line. Somebody said that Jamie forgot the most important part of the Blues being a top five power play last two years or two years ago. Is that Montgomery, who is now the head guy in Boston, took care of that? Nope, you're wrong. Thank you for playing, though. Enjoy your time here. Hopefully you can get validated on your way out. Jim Montgomery ran the power play three years ago. Two years ago, Steve Ott ran a power play that finished top three in the NHL. So uh, you can t- you know, sing the praises of Jim Montgomery because you should. He's a fantastic coach. But also let's uh, give credit where credit's due. Steve Ott had this power play as the second best power play in the NHL while he was controlling it. There you go. Jamie Rivers, Dan McLaughlin, mm. Anthony Stalter. Chris Carver is going to join us next. From Dallas, we'll talk to him about tonight's Stars and Blues matchup ahead of opening night for the Blues. Chris Carver next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Bring out the Zamboni! It's time for Curbside with the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. 
It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin and our guy Jamie Rivers, who's in Dallas. I'm Anthony Salter, and let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, ahead of opening night between the Blues and the Stars. Chris Kerber joining us right now from Dallas himself. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you? Doing good. Are you, are you excited? Are you nervous? Do you still get kind of fired up for opening night? Oh, always get fired up for opening night. Nervous? No. Excited? Always. I mean, it, it, especially in a year like this where we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Uh, there's potential for it to be a good year. There's potential for it to be just an okay year. Um, and then let's hope it's not like last year. So um, I think all those question marks, I, I'm glad we finally get to start figuring out some answers. So the national pundits, Curbs, they say, well, this team is not going to finish better than third. Some are saying they're not, they're not going to make the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. How about you? What do you say? What did you uh, what did you see out of camp, and what do you expect this season? I talked to Matthew Shane this morning, and he, he told me, you know, he goes, I don't see the Blues as a team in a rebuild. He goes, he said, they got a lot of good players over there, so if you told me they're going to be in the playoffs or they told me they made the playoffs, it won't surprise me. And I'm kind of in that camp. Um, I I think that there's enough experience on this Blues team to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I really do. Doug Armstrong uh, maybe tempering expectations a bit, saying that he wants to see them, Dan, in the top. You know, like if you broke the league into thirds, he'd like to see the Blues in that uh, top part of the middle third of the pack. And and I think that's probably a pretty accurate way to look at it. You don't need, in my opinion, everybody playing above their level for this team to make the playoffs. If this team plays to the level of that these players and veterans have played in the past and can play, it's going to be a competitive team and have a chance. Curves, obviously a big matchup tonight. Dallas Stars are predicted to be one of the best teams in the conference, maybe overall in the NHL. From uh, Just from your vantage point, what's what's something you want to see from the Blues tonight? Uh, I, I want to see energy and a level of togetherness. Uh, coming out, you, know, you guys are going to be naturally fired up with it being opening night. Hey, by the way, Jamie, the, the show's been fantastic. I've heard most of it through the wall. <laughs> I said I should have just invited you over. I mean, I think we do have joining yeah, no room. I don't know if you planned it that way or not, but you know. No, that, that was uh, that was that was pure luck. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I, when you tell when we asked Craig Maruby what he's most happy about, he said the defensive zone coverage through camp. When you talk to Mike Weber and you say, "Well, what do you think of this?" and what makes you most excited, he goes, "The veteran decor." I worked up these numbers while you were doing your show there. The, the eight defensemen the Blues have on the roster combined for 4,346 games played in the National Hockey League. With Fortuzo and Perunovic out, it means tonight's roster for the Blues, kicking all of Tyler Tucker's 26 games in, means that there's 3,794 games of experience amongst this decor. And, and they're all 30, 31, and 32. They've got plenty of hockey left. It's a good decor. I, I felt that if this team is going to really turn things around and if you're going to give the young forwards and Thomas Cairo, uh, Torepchenko, and and Jake Neighbors, or maybe if a Dean or a Boldu come up, or even Snuggerud next year for that matter, you're going to give these guys a chance. Part of your focus, or to me, the characteristic uh, of this hockey team is going to have to be a defense-first approach. And so for them to come out today, and, and I don't know if it'll result in a win, 
But if you see a rekindled focus on the defensive side of the puck in your own zone, which was just horrific last season as a team, that's going to be a good sign for this team because they've got the defense and they've got the goaltending to win games 3-2, to 2-1, two, two to one, and I think they're going to have to win a fair share of those kind of games this year. Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, joining us right now here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, we just did our over-unders, and Marshall put out the the total for Jordan Cairo's goals at 39.5, uh, and I, I took the over. I think that he could, he could get into 40. What is the ultimate upside, whether you want to do a point standpoint, a goal standpoint, maybe you want to stay away from statistics, it's fine, but what is the... The ultimate upside for Jordan Cairo this ceiling, this season, excuse me. I'd love to see that minus thirty-eight of a year ago get to even. <laughs> you know, like and heck, even if it's just minus five, you know, that'd be pretty good. I think Jordan Cairo, who had thirty-seven goals last year, look, could he be a forty-goal scorer? Yes. Robert Thomas thinks that he could get fifty this year, and and that is very possible as well. But um, he's going to, for that to happen, that line, if it's those three guys, let's just assume it was those three guys, or, or even if it's not, Jordan Cairo is going to have to win second effort, third effort pucks. He's going to have to win a lot more wall puck battles along the boards and get the puck back. That's just the way this team is designed. But uh, so, so I guess two aspects of his game, I, I I think it'd be a fun bet, and I think it's a good bet to take the over on 40 goals for him this year because he's going to get all sorts of opportunities, you know, and uh, I expect his 18 minutes of ice time to go up this year a little bit, so that'll create more opportunities. But if he does that and you're seeing some more conscientious play in the defensive zone and winning some puck battles in the offensive zone, that to me is a heck of a season for Jordan Cairo. Curbs, what are you expecting out of uh, another Jordan, Jordan Bennington? Listen, I, I I I haven't been shy. I wasn't shy about this last year, Dan. Jordan Bennington finished last year with a record of twenty seven twenty seven and six. I think a five hundred record with this team, which was at five hundred, was a good record. You want that goals against back under three. You want that save percentage back over nine hundred. And that to me is as much about the team play in front of them as it is the goaltender. They're going to cut down on his sixty one games played last year, which was the sixth most of any goaltender. And they're going to be able to do that because I think Joel Hofer is a formidable backup for him. You know, and I mean, you look at last year, the, the Jennings winning trophy, uh, Boston Bruins, Swayman and Allmark, neither one of them played 50 games. They both, you know, it, it shows you you can really do a good job of splitting it up if you have a good backup. I, I think Jordan Bennington's focus. I talked to him a few days before they left for Dallas, Dan, and uh, I, I said, what are you most excited about this season? And in a way that I've grown to really appreciate Jordan, it was a one-word answer, and he just said, wins. And he's he's focused, and, and he's, he's just a pro there. So I um, I think Jordan Bennington is calm and, and really in a great spot, both mentally and physically. Uh, I, I think he could have a terrific, terrific season. Curbs, one of the things the Blues struggled with last year was special teams overall, but the power play – just uh, did not have the success that it had had the prior couple of years before that. In watching preseason so far and, and watching schematically what the Blues are trying to do out there, what do you think uh, the future holds for the power play this year? Well, I think both special teams are you're going to be – the special teams last year, Jamie, were as much a conundrum as, as the entire team's game. You had pretty much the same personnel. You had the same coaching as it was the year before when they both finished top five in the league. 
and then they both were pretty much awful. Now, I know the power play had some runs that moved it into the top ten before the trades and all that, but it's, it wasn't as consistent as you need to do it. A healthy Tory Krug, I think, is going to be a really big part of that. Um, I, I actually think the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko is not here uh, and and not you know hankering for power play time, I, I thought the last couple of years for Vladdy on the power play just – made our power play quite stagnant and and especially last year maybe not so much the year before quite as much but he slows things down the puck movement isn't quite as wasn't quite as quick he loved playing on the left side he wasn't very effective on that side he had gone something like what 45 games or something without a power play goal with him out of the way Verona shoots the puck Hazel shoot the puck Thomas has been shooting the puck here in camp you know Tory Krug and Justin Falk can get the puck through, but more importantly, there's been a huge focus. I mean, of all the goals scored in training camp in, in the preseason games, I think only one goal was shot from above the circles. Everything else was from the top of the circles in and right in front of the net. If, if there's a real conscious effort to get some bodies to the front of the net, that power play could easily return to top ten and, and potentially top five. Curbs, enjoy tonight. Another opening night for for the Blues, and another opening night for you on the broadcast uh, on one here on one hundred and one ESPN. We're looking forward to it. So we'll hear from you a little bit later on. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, have a good show, and I'll uh, listen through the wall for the rest of it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Curbs. <laughs> You're we'll welcome, Curbs. Right, see you guys. All Thanks, right. Dave. That's, that's Chris Kerber here. You'll hear him tonight in the pregame show, 6 o'clock. Of course, Alex Ferrario will lead it, and you'll have Joey Vitale and Chris Kerber joining him. Joining him. Blues stars pregame at 6 o'clock on 101 ESPN. We've got NFL fill-in-the-blank next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin just infatuated with the way that Andrew Marsh stuck the heating and cooling I'll landing what, again. That was close to a Janet. <laughs> Janet. Janet is number one on my list, but that is that's <laughs> rising rapidly up the uh, the charts. Janet gets Dan going. There's no doubt about no it. No doubt she yeah. does. Don't worry about it, Dan. We'll have another one for you later in the show. Can't nice. wait. Jamie Rivers joining us from Dallas. Dan McLaughlin here with me in the studio. And Marsh, and speaking of Marsh, he's got NFL fill in the blank. All right, gentlemen, blank will have a bounce back week for the blank. Oh, so we're looking for a player. On a certain team. On a certain team that will have a bounce back performance. Prescott will have a bounce back performance for the Dallas Cowboys. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Who are they playing again? The Chargers on Monday night. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like him against the Chargers. D, uh, awful performance Sunday night football, so I'm going Dak with a bounce back. Uh, I got one. Lamar Jackson will have a bounce back for the Ravens. Love watching that dude play, Against the Titans in London. Tennessee is what they would call a pass-funnel defense. They stop the run, force everybody to throw. I think Lamar has over 300 with three tutties. Should I pick him up in my fantasy league? I don't think he's available, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that um, that's where I was headed was Lamar Jackson, and you know we've we've been uh, holding him accountable, I guess, there <laughs> in the fast lane, and 
Yeah, this is – he's the guy I had circled. I also had Mac Jones circled. It can't get any worse yeah. than it has been. And there's only one place to go, and that's upward. And there's vote of confidence from Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick this week for Mac Jones. So maybe they'll actually put together a scheme that he can execute. So he was my other kind of part B to that. You know, to follow up, and I think you're right, Mac Jones – might be playing on borrowed time here. Do you do you agree, Anthony? I mean, is he? Yeah. If it's a bad game, I mean, is he he's done, and he? I mean, he got to go a different direction. He's been benched the last two the two weeks. When Belichick's been asked about it, he has said that Mac Jones is just part of the problem. Yeah, we've got many problems, and he hasn't. He's yet to throw Mac Jones under the bus. He was at three points in the last two games. It's been a, it's been awful, just absolutely awful. But I think that if you go to Bailey Zappi again. At what point do you finally just turn the page here, even if Mac Jones isn't the problem? Yeah. Isn't the only problem. So, yeah, right. it's going to be interesting. Well, Bill Belichick's obviously not 100% confident in Bailey Zappi either. No, no you're right. He, he caught him. He keeps going to him, and yet, but he doesn't really actually go to him. Sure. So, I think that if Belichick had any confidence in Zappi, he, after, especially after a second benching, would have been like, I'm done with this stuff. But there must be something there that Bill's just not comfortable with. Yeah, and Jamie, he again, he cut him. He cut Bailey Zappi yeah. in camp. So Exactly. You're right, Jamie. You're, you're, that's, a, that's a good point. Next one, gentlemen. Question this, two, please. Thank you, Dan. This week is a must-win week six for blank. I'd say the Denver Broncos, and that's tonight, and they're going to lose, and hopefully <laughs> by eleven. By eleven. <laughs> uh, I got one for you: the Bengals. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. They're playing Seattle, so good opponent. But you're two and three. The Ravens have are favored against the Titans. Not to say that they're going to they're an automatic win, but the Ravens are favored against the Titans. The Steelers are off. Coming off that that win last week, okay. So Joe Burrow got looked looked healthy last week. You got to win. You start to build some momentum. You lose against Seattle at home, and it's like all of a sudden that momentum stops again. It's halted, and you're two and four, and you're in a division where again the, the Steelers and Ravens are going to be competitive. So yeah. I'll, I'll say the Bengals must win. So I'm going to stick in the same division. I'm going Ravens. I'm I like that Ravens too. In this one. For me, you know, they're tied in first with the Pittsburgh Steelers team that really shouldn't be even in the same conversation as the Ravens. Yet here they are, you know, you know, slugging it out in the old AFC North. So I, I think for me, the Ravens are the team that has to have a good bounce back. Text line says Minnesota, and I happen to agree with that because what do oh, you do boy. with Kirk Cousins as the trade deadline gets here? Now I think he does. I think I read this properly i think he has a no trade clause he does yeah and, and if you watch the netflix series he's very tied in not not to say that other players aren't i mean this sincerely but very tied into his family i mean would he want to uproot his family and say okay for the next three months i'm going to go play at a different place learn a new scheme potentially yeah and and say yes i'll accept the trade I would think that this weekend is huge for minnesota i think that's a good call i would agree because if they lose to the bears you might not see me next week. Oh, Uh-oh. no, really? I'll oh, be wow. taking off. What? Just, well, let's go just, Justin Fields. No, I'm just kidding, Marshy. <laughs> Whoa. Damn. I didn't, yeah, come on, Marshy. You know Jeez. I love you, baby. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be able to step feel the like studio it. without you guys just I mean, laying it on me. It was a shot, and it, it was uncalled for, and I take it back. Dan, it was okay. Man. Yesterday, Mike Ryder 
gave me a shot. We 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 worked through that, you know. As today. long as the shot is over ten and a half, I'm I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Blank is on the hot seat with another loss this week. Oh gosh! Blank is uh, on the hot seat with another loss this I'll, week. I'll say Mizzou in its NFL pickums, but uh, you know what? Guys are getting paid anyway, so I'll go Mizzou. Just do whatever the hell you want, Dan. Well, I, I just I look at it. Hey, you know what, Jamie? It's NIL money, baby. So everybody's getting paid. So why not? It's the minor leagues of the football season. So I'll go Mizzou. You sound like you sound like Mark Stoops with Kentucky. I'm just the fill-in guy in here. I can say anything the hell I want. <laughs> Dan's like, when do I come back? That's <laughs> yeah, long enough. I'll say some stuff right now. You got it. I'm going to say Ron Rivera is oh. on the hot seat if they lose to Hotlanta. Do you think he knows, though? I'd probably not. He's I don't probably th- not aware of yeah, anything. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think Ron. I don't think Riverboat Ron is aware. No, no. I've got Frank Reich on my video that's, on my bingo card. That's a good one. Watching. Too, Jim. Watching his press conference last week where he basically says, yeah, the owner meddles in no everything. No kidding. He holds meetings basically to scold me and tell me that I'm not doing my job or he doesn't like what we're doing. I mean, it literally looked like Frank Reich would be totally like would would shake hands with the owner and thank him for firing him <laughs> if that were to happen. So they're 0-5 right now, the only team in the NFL without a victory. If they go 0-6, I could see that thing just imploding down there. Last one here. Blank will have the most problems this week with an underdog. Not saying they're not saying they're going to lose, but they will have the most problems. I'll go first on this one because my heart was ripped in half today doing the pick'em challenge. And uh, it's it's tough, Dan. You know, when you'd have to pick between your children. You know, I, I get it, buddy. I get it's it. It's a tough one. And I had to uh, I had to pick between uh, my Detroit Lions and my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, I think that uh, you know I, I, my heart would be crushed. But I think the Buccaneers are the team that you, know, you got to watch out. They're at home. The Detroit Lions. That, that's my game. That's my pick. That actually was my pick too. So Jamie, we're we're simpatico, baby. That was my pick, too, for no particular reason. But I just was going with them at home, and that's why I thought that that would be an underdog that maybe comes through. Houston. The Saints are going to struggle with Houston. The Saints aren't a massive favorite, but uh, the, the Saints, everybody. They stink. The Saints do? Yeah. Yeah, and they were gifted a win last week <laughs> against exactly. the Patriots. It's watching that. I think Houston's a better. I think Houston's better than New Orleans. I do. Hmm. I don't so, know about that, Anthony, and you're a football guy. C.J. Stroud right now, Dan. Or Ricochet. Or Derek Carr. Like I said, To lead Jamie, your fantasy team. I'm just the fill-in guy. I can do anything just, I want just out here. slinging arrows today. <laughs> Dan must be feeling good. I saw oh, Dan at the MAC. He was working out, so he's all he's all full of, you know what, oh, wow. vinegar. Well, yeah. We, he's all jacked up. Well, he you is. know, you, you had to go. There's a reason this body looks like this, Jamie. <laughs> it's and put it's not the, the MAC. It's got to put in the work, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the MAC lunches. They got great lunches. They do. They have fantastic oh, yeah. lunches. Yep. Love the MAC. It's my MAC. <laughs> Marshy, where are you going to be tonight? I'm going to be down in uh, Cybergs in Arnold with Learn watching some Thursday Six night football. 6 right? 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., yeah. baby. Come Thought on down. So. It's amazing. Uh, go ahead, Anthony. All right, thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jamie for one more segment. So we got Jamie's keys to the to uh, the game tonight for the Blues as they take on the Stars. It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back. 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Blues starts pregame right here, 6 o'clock on 101 ESPN. That's your home of the Blues with Dan McLaughlin and Jamie Rivers. We've got Jamie for the next 15 minutes. So let's do some Jamie's keys to the game. Yeah, well, for tonight, uh, I think one of the major things for the Blues is, look, you're playing a really good Dallas Stars team. They have size. They've got speed. They've got goal-scoring ability. Uh, they're, they're rated very high league-wide as a team. And, and so you have to establish a few things if you're the Blues. The first thing you have to establish is a forecheck. Get in there, make their lives miserable. Don't let there's these very mobile defensemen, don't let them get back there. Don't let them get the puck. Don't let them have a clean breakout. Uh, and so for me, the number one thing is getting in on the forecheck. And going along with that hand in hand will be puck management. Because if you start turning the puck over, all over the ice against this team, it's going to cost you. And you're going to have to take penalties at that point. You'll be out of uh, out of position. Your systems won't work because you're turning the puck over to terrible spots. So puck management, established a forecheck, probably the first couple of things. How about a big start, guys? You know, How about a big start for this team to where first period you're tied or ahead at that point? I like that. You're on the road playing a good team. If you can be tied or ahead in the game heading into the second period, I think that bodes well for the Blues. I think defensively, too, the, not, not even the elephant in the room anymore. The the biggest topic of conversation all offseason long has been you know the Blues uh, readjusting their defensive system, their defensive zone, their defensive play. And I think that that's going to be on center stage tonight. There's a lot of eyeballs going to be watching this game, specifically Blues fans, where they're like, okay, Show me it's different. Show me something has changed. And so I think that that's a key to the game, too, is making sure you lock down the middle of the ice, take away the high-danger opportunities, let Jordan Bennington do his job from the goal, the goal crease, give him shots that you know he can see, get rid of the rebounds. Uh, Craig Berube was talking about managing the front of the net. And you're going to have to do that on both ends of the ice. You have scored. Chris Kerber, we just had him on here uh, not too long ago. He's talking about all the goals that were scored by the Blues uh, being down low, inside, getting to the paint against the opposition. And you've got to make sure you don't give up those opportunities and those goals to the Dallas Stars tonight. They've got guys that will challenge you. They've got Pavelski. They've got Jamie Benn. They've got Tyler Sagan. They've got Robertson. They have a lot of players that are not afraid to get in there to the inside and, and try to create some goals. I think one of the <clears> biggest <throat> things, too, guys, maybe the last one that I have here is um, stay out of the penalty box. Stay out of the penalty box. You know, you, you haven't had a ton of time to work on everything as a group yet as far as your penalty kill is concerned. You've worked on it, but now this is the final roster, and the Dallas Stars have a hell of a power play. Don't give them any unnecessary advantage. Um, If you're skating and and moving your feet and playing the way you should be, you shouldn't be taking any lazy penalties out there. But that would be the the last key for me is stay on the penalty box. I got a key for you, Jamie, and I think uh, you've already answered it. And will Jamie be locked in? 
And I, I say that because on YouTube, we went to break and you had a shirt on. And then you came back from break, and not only is the suit shirt on, but then the tie is on. Nice. Without yes. any kind of problems that can sometimes happen on YouTube. So I'm just saying, you're locked in, man. I, and I'm looking forward to seeing you make your debut. And again, congratulations to you, man. It should be a fun night for you personally. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, this is an opportunity for me to really dive into games and explain it and kind of break it down for all of our fans and anybody who's watching. And I'm excited to do that. You know, I think that that's one of my strengths is being able to explain the game, break it down and kind of, you know, tell the story of what's happening out there. And it's, it's a nice, it's going to be a great night for me to get a chance to do that. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Jamie, how how long you know, we we spent so much time talking about this this defensive system and some changes that needed to happen, not just the Blues wanted to happen, but needed to happen. I don't think I've ever asked you how long do you think it'll take for them to to feel comfortable in in a new system or at least a new approach. Well, I think I think there's already a comfort level there because you're giving up less dangerous scoring chances. So you know how that works, right? You get some success and you look at that as a team and go, oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of like this. You know, we're not we're not giving up all those awful chances. They're not scoring easy goals. Uh, so I, I think that you know the comfort level with everything is is there already. I think where where I want to go with it, and for anybody who's listening right now and watches the game tonight, you know, let's see how patient the Blues can be because with the new defensive structure in the defensive zone, there will be opportunity for the opposition to kind of roam not freely but somewhat freely around the outside. Because you're locking down the middle of the ice, and it's not, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out that you can't be in two places at the same time. So if you're occupying the middle of the ice, you certainly can't take away the outside of the ice. And I'm just, I'm wondering, just personally, you know, how disciplined, how patient the Blues can be defensively to where they don't get irrational and just start chasing the puck outside of the danger zone. And you know what happens when when you do that. If you vacate the middle of the ice to go to the outside of the ice, it leaves ice available back on the inside where Craig Berube doesn't want to give that up. So I think the battle, the internal struggle for these players to maybe fight some of their instincts from last season of trying to take away time and space immediately, I'm anxious to see how far they've come with that whole thought process as well. Who's the player that you can't wait to watch? And it might be the obvious choice, but maybe somebody else. But you're like, man, I want to see that guy on the ice. I can't wait to watch him this year. Yeah, look, I can't wait to watch Braden Shen. Yeah. I really can't. I know that sounds like an easy one, but this is a guy that has been nothing but an awesome St. Louis Blue from the day he got here until now where he's got the C on his chest. I've compared him. You know, some people might think I'm crazy, but I've compared him to a Brian Sutter. And I say that just to, he, he plays that way to where he'll get in your face, he'll score goals, he'll have a big hit, he'll fight if he has to. Now he's a captain. Brian Sutter was a captain. For me, I see a lot of similarities, and I'm excited to watch Braden Shen take those next steps. You know, he's never been a, a captain in pro hockey. He's never been a captain as far as wearing the C. And you'd think that that's kind of crazy because he, he just exudes all of those leadership qualities. Well, now he's getting that opportunity here with the St. Louis Blues to be the captain. And, and this is now his team. So I'm excited to watch him play. I'm excited to watch the impact that he has on his teammates. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. 
Jamie, when you look at this Stars team tonight, what do the Blues have to do to shut down Jason Robertson? Rupe Hintz has been ruled out for the season opener. What is it? What does the Stars lineup look like without him in it? Yeah, well, Rupe Hintz is obviously he's a big guy. He's got skills and he skates. I mean, he, he creates instant offense. So, you know, the Stars missing him is tough luck for them, but it, you know, it, it is an advantage for the Blues. As far as Robertson's concerned, Robertson doesn't necessarily like the physicality. He doesn't like to be, you know, kind of manhandled out there. So make his life difficult. Don't let him get to the inside. Don't turn the puck over when you're on the ice against him. That's the one thing that, you know, you have no control over even taking away the middle of the ice. When you turn the puck over in a horrible spot, it creates instant team offense for the opposition. And a guy like Robertson, he's looking to absolutely tear you apart with that bad with their good transition game and your bad turnover so manage the puck well when he's on the ice but then just deny the middle of the ice make it miserable for him to get to the inside i think that if you do that you know it will it will unmotivate him in in certain ways and hopefully make the game a little bit easier defensively jamie great stuff have fun tonight all right Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys back tomorrow. Dano, thanks for uh, jumping in and helping out, buddy. You got it, buddy. I can't wait to watch you tonight, and it's so well-deserved. I truly mean that. I appreciate that, man. You guys have a good one. All right, thanks, Jamie. That's Jamie Rivers. You can watch him tonight, Valley Sports Midwest. You can listen to the game here, right here on 101 ESPN. Many ways to consume the Blues tonight against the Stars. Pre-game, again, starting at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. We'll get the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh one. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Dan McLaughlin and Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. And for the second straight day, we have a, an Andrew as a contestant. This mm-hmm. is a different Andrew, though. So we welcome in Andrew. What's up? Not much. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're doing great. We appreciate doing you, great, uh, Andrew. You playing here in the gauntlet? Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh or me today? Uh, give me Marshy. All right. Spin the wheel. Two days in nope. a row, Andrew versus Andrew. Don't you dare it. Don't oh, you not do it yet. yet. Not yet. Okay. we got to have Andrew tell us to spin the wheel. And then All we'll right. do Marshy. Let's go Andrew in the car. Yes. Marshy here. Exactly. Go okay. ahead, Andrew. Tell Marshy to spin that wheel. All right, Marshy. Spin that wheel, buddy. All right, here we go. Marsh, get out of here. Now, this wheel has been kind of fickle. Sure has. It's been bouncing around a lot. Okay. He's saying, take hockey, by the way. Now it just picked up speed. Now it's picking up speed. What's wrong with this wheel? I think it's broke. I, don't I, just, I won't be looking. No, 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 don't you dare. Can't do that, can I? No. If, we, if we're here till 6 o'clock waiting for this wheel to stop. It's going to take a while, Andrew. Then that's all that's right. I'm just do. waiting for the Blues game to start. Yeah. You won't. You might miss. You might miss the opening uh, puck oh, drop. Oh, it looks oh, pretty good here. And Stoltz. it's. We're going to call it random. Random. It wound up on All random. Right. How do you feel about that, Andrew? Well, you know, it's it's 
about as bad as anything else, I guess. Yeah, true. That's okay. a good way. That's a good right. way to look at it. How about some positive vibes? Say, I'm I'm ready to take down Marshy. I feel good about this. Yeah, absolutely. That a boy. Thank you, Andrew. Positive, positive, positive. All right, Andrew. Here we go. Four questions to you. Same four questions to Marsh. Two two points apiece, unless you need the options, then they're worth one point. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question one. Which zodiac sign is represented by two fish? Uh, <laughs> Pisces. Final answer. Hmm. Is that your sign, Andrew? Uh, it is not. Okay. Who was the uh, first woman to win an IndyCar Series ra- race? This is question two. Who was the first woman to win an IndyCar Series race for question two? I believe that was Danica Patrick. Final answer. All right. Question three, please. Question three, what is the only U.S. state that contains two Ivy League schools? What is the only U.S. state that contains two Ivy League schools? Oh, um, I'll go with Connecticut, final answer. And question four, a shark's skeleton is made up of what kind of tissue? A shark's skeleton is made up of what kind of tissue? don't know for sure that this is a tissue, but I'm going to go with cartilage. Final answer. Wow. Never took the choices. No, he didn't. Just he went said, straight yeah, at it. Probably he probably went said, 0 for 4. He said, Dan, Anthony, take those choices. And you and, know what to do with it. And shove them where the sun don't shine. All right. <laughs> let's bring back Marsh. Wow. Andrew, how are you feeling, man? Not worth a velvet painting of a whale in the Gulf and getting it on. <laughs> but have you been waiting to say that all day? It's pretty good. I've heard the line. What's I've I've heard the line so many times. What's what's the movie? Talladega Nights. That's right. That Mm. isn't worth. (laughs) It's pretty funny. All right, Marsh is back. Yes, sir. How you feeling? How's it going to silence? Feel great. Listen to Creed once again. Okay, well, you rolled yesterday after listening to Creed, so we'll see how you do today. (laughs) All right, uh, Marsh. You can tell by the wheel. It landed random ah. today. Landed random. Are you ready? I'm ready. Which zodiac sign mm. is represented by two fish? Oh, Pisces. That's what I am. Final answer. Oh wow! Just set, boy, Grant just set Marsh up, didn't mm-hmm. he? Question two: Who was the first woman to win an IndyCar Series race? <sighs> oh boy! Was it Danica Patrick? Did she do both? I don't know. That's why they call it random. Mm. Honestly, I, I I won't know even with the options. If Danica Patrick's there, I'm going to choose her, so I'm going to say Danica Patrick finally. No answer. choices going Danica Patrick. Question three, please. You got it. What is the only U.S. state that contains two Ivy League schools? Two Ivy League schools. Um, What state... Hmm. That's a good question. Sure is. Well, it's either like New York or Massachusetts, I think. Um, Vermont might be in there too. New Hampshire might be somewhere in the the east, northeast. Oh man! You should uh, know this, Marshy. These are places that you had to turn down. <laughs> Dan, you're absolutely right. I told you that in secret, though. <laughs> Let's go with um, let's go with New York. Final answer. All right. 
Question four. Shark's skeleton is made up of what kind of tissue? Options. Fat, cartilage, muscle. So sharks, you said they're skeleton. They're skeleton. I'm going to say cartilage because if you punch one right in the face, I believe they get scared. And uh, it's probably because that cartilage isn't as strong as you'd think it'd be. Hmm. Uh, So I'm going to go with cartilage. Final answer. That Ivy League education is coming through, bro. (laughs) I'm telling you. Let's see how these guys did. Let's do it. Making me blush. Now I'm blushing. Would you guys? Are we we good here? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Anthony. Sorry for leaving me out over there. Andrew versus Marsh today. Which zodiac sign is represented by two fish? Andrew, you said Pisces. Marsh, you said, oh, that's me. It's Pisces. Correct answer is Pisces. But neither of the guys needed the options today. So we got two, two tied. We're tied up. Andrew and Marsh. Who is so weird to say that? I know. He's Andrew Marsh. Just go Marshy. Marshy. Andrew versus Marsh. I'm getting confused. Who was the first woman to win an IndyCar series race? Andrew, you said Danica Patrick. Marshy, you said Danica Patrick. Correct answer is Danica Patrick. But no options. No options for either. Ooh. So we got a 4 4 tie. Wow. Barn burner going. Dan, let's skip to number four. Sure. A shark skeleton is made up of what kind of tissue? Andrew, you said cartilage. Marshy, you said cartilage. Correct answer is cartilage. But Marshy took the options. Yes, he did. Andrew did not. I'm in trouble here. So Andrew has a one point lead. Remember, Andrew, positive vibes. What is the only U.S. state that contains two Ivy League schools? I'll tell you flat out that Marsh did not take the options. He took New York. Mm-hmm. Andrew did not take the options. He went with Connecticut, which was an option. Mm-hmm. Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York. Those were the options. That's right. If it's Connecticut, Andrew wins. If it's New York... Andrew wins. Marshy, that is. Dan? You're an idiot. (laughs) Where are the two Ivy League schools located? They are located in New York. uh, Andrew. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Not today. (laughs) Marsh, you do need to tell me which schools, though. Do I? In order to win. Which two New York schools? No, I'm kidding. Well, I'll hang t- on. Let me try. You can. You can. That's well, all right. Think well, about it during the round. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, Andrew. Thank you for playing. We appreciate it, man. Yep. That was a tough one. You got six. I mean, you had yeah, three without the options. Guys. Yeah, nice that job. Good job, Andrew. Tough to lose like Great that. Name. No that doubt is. about it. You yeah. put in the work, and then all of a sudden that comes up. You just get a hot marshy. You know, Mar- Mar- what Marshy did there was he he got in the field goal range at the yeah. la- in the last second. It's a two minute drill. Field goal. He did. He went right up the field. Marshy always comes through in the clutch. He does. He made the third and 22 and uh, set up a little screen. Absolutely. Boom. Got it. And one by 11 or more. Yeah. I like to think. (laughs) It's getting very random. I was going to say, I like to think that maybe I got a a holding call in my favor 
towards the end of the game. You know, yeah. uh, I didn't say it. You did. It was a situation where, you know, um, defensive holding. <laughs> it was defensive holding. Yeah. It took the helmet off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No call on I that one. The question. I mean, yeah. Celebration. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Like see you, buddy. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the whole kit and caboodle there. All right, so do you want to guess the two New York teams? Um, two Ivy League. New well, York teams? actually, the reason why I went with New York is just based on the size of the state compared to everything else. Well, smart, but uh, Colgate. Colgate is not an Ivy school. Okay, Ivy League school. I thought it was. So, nope. And I'm not even sure if it's in New York. I thought it was, but uh, it might be. There's Dartmouth. I don't uh, think Dartmouth that's in... is in New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah, honestly, this one was just a guess. All right. Do you it know just, any other Ivy League schools? You may have stumble Harvard, upon. Yale. Harvard Yale's is in, in New York, right? Harvard is in Massachusetts. Yale is in Connecticut. Okay. So Marshy, you had me whatever. on hello. Mm-hmm. You did. But then you had me when you talked about punching a shark in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a little unknown fact for yeah. me. Punch it right in the in nose. In the nose. Right yeah. in the nose. They're sensitive right in, in that nose. Right in the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if they. they now that was good. If they're you know, swallowing most of your lower half, that's going to be tough. It's but, tough. Uh, you know, you still, you still got to fight. Mm-hmm. So, what are the schools? Columbia ah. and Cornell. Ah, Cornell. Cornell is in Columbia, New York. Yeah. Big red. All righty. Can you rely on, a young, on young talent to produce a championship oh, sure. cal- caliber? team. Marshy's living proof. Yeah, he is young and he's just won a championship. Just a so. talented kid. But we'll tell you why. If you're not Marsh, you can't do it. That's okay. next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you rely on young talent to produce a championship-caliber team? Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane. Now, Marsh, which team did you have in mind when you posed this question? I had the Blues in mind, Anthony. This year, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, they will be asked to do a lot this season as they have that 8x8 deal kicking in. Um, We know that Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, they talked a lot about these two and that the Blues will rely on them for production this season. So... I just wanted to ask the question, can the Blues it's ultimately valid. rely on this team and if they want to be a championship team? And that goes beyond just the Blues. I yeah. think of the Cardinals as well with Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, mm-hmm. as you know, they uh, progress in their career. You know, can, can either of these teams do that? Dan, I don't think in sports you can solely rely on young talent. 100% agree. I don't I, think you win a championship that way. Yeah, I, I think you have to have veterans that are around – and the veterans teach you how to be a pro on and off the field or the ice or whatever. And I mean simple stuff like traveling, mm-hmm. um, what it's like to do that, just get a year under your belt. Now, these two guys, talking about Cairo and Thomas, do have a year under their belt, and Thomas a handful now. Um, I remember talking to Chris Pronger recently, um, and I guess it was maybe about three weeks ago, and he talked about, and I think I have the player right, but it was Adrian Acoin. Remember, uh, he yeah. played in the NHL. And for one of the teams that Prongs played for, he said that they brought him in, paid him about like, a million and a half dollars, something like that, to basically not play. Mm-hmm. Just to be around young players to see how he went about his work ethic, his off-the-ice the, the ice 
regiment for training, uh, what he put in his body, um, all those different things that a pro that has longevity has to do to stay in the league, to remain one of the elite players in the world. And there's no doubting it, when you are a pro, you are like the .009% of the world that can do what you do. So it's tough to stay there. How do you stay there? And then how do you become the elite of the elite? And I do think that there is something to, I don't think, I know there's something to having veterans around. Now, having said that, talent plays. Don't get me wrong. Give me a bunch of young guys that are talented, and I'll probably win a bunch of games. But getting to the next level, like being the ultimate team or the the level that you think you can get with with young talent, I definitely think you have to have surrounded by not a ton of veterans, just some guys that really show you the way. I'll give you a good example. Mm -hmm. Is Paul Goldschmidt is a great example for the Cardinals. Now, you will not see him going off in the media. You won't see him screaming and yelling on the field. But I can tell you, behind the scenes, guys look up to him in the biggest of ways because of how he carries himself and the fact that he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, stays even keel, and just puts up numbers. And that's a veteran for you. I think you can go across various sports and and look at exactly what we're talking about um look at the when the Houston Astros won yeah they're banging on trash cans they're ultimate they're they're very talented that helped it did help yeah <laughs> and one guy that did help big time was a guy that we know very well is Carlos Carlos Beltran but yep. you know they they credit Carlos Beltran a lot for kind of calming a clubhouse that was talented and that had been to the postseason, I think at least one time before. But He did that in St. Louis, too. And he did that in St. Louis, certainly. Uh, if you go to even like basketball, Tim Duncan won his first championship with David Robinson um, in 2000. It was, the sh- it was the lockout year. It was a shortened year, but that was his first title. But then when Tony Parker came in and Manu Ginobili came in, Tim Parker had, uh, um, Tim Duncan, excuse me, had won before, you know, I, I think that you need that veteran presence to just kind of calm things down. Our our dear friend, the the late great Chris Duncan, had always talked about in '06 how when they got to the postseason that year, Jim Edmonds and Scott Rowland and David Eckstein, David Eckstein, uh, other uh, Albert, obviously guys that that were there in '04, they said, "Look, this is exactly how it's going to be." This is what you can expect. Do this. Don't do that. And that team really came together. But without that veteran presence there, as great as Dunk was when he came up from Memphis and supplied you know those those home runs in the middle of the year, uh, or younger guys that that came in as well, you know BT at one point, they needed those veterans to settle things when the postseason came. Yeah, uh, the six three six says the quote. Lead by example, end quote, is overrated and selfish. I I don't agree with that. Uh, Respectfully disagree with you. I I think there's some players that when young players come up, and you kind of just talked about it there in that example, when guys watch preparation for a game and they're all-stars and they see the work that goes into becoming an all-star or an elite player, that is leading by example. It's not being selfish. It's What I mean by leading by example is go watch Nolan Arenado take round balls before a game. He doesn't take anything off. And I've had players talk to me about like when they got to the major leagues, the first thing they wanted to do was watch Nolan Arenado take round balls. They're like, the guy's got, what, nine or ten gold gloves. He's the best in the league. I want to see how he throws off balance in foul territory. How does he make the catch over his head? in foul territory as well um and they and i went to nolan one day and i said you know 
this stuff is out of the ordinary. He said, no, it's not because I practice it. Mm. I practice the odd bounces. I I put myself in uncomfortable positions during BP so that when it does arise, I'm not foreign to what may happen. Yeah. That's leading by example. I mean, that that is something that you can watch and learn from. I, I think the other thing is if a guy's hustling and you watch how he is going pedal to the metal all the time, that's leading by example. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think when you looked at Ryan O'Reilly being the last guy off the ice and doing various things in practice and in games to be elite – that's leading by example because these players all want to be – they've got a lot of pride and they want to get paid. So what do I have to do to become that guy, mm-hmm. that guy that's making that money, that guy that is the leader on our team, that guy that's looked at as being one of the best in the world at what he does? How do I get there? Well, watch him. That's leading by example, and that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, I, I, I'm i struggling with that comment too, uh, Dan. I'm, I'm with you on that. That That is just assuming that – there's a one size fits all when it comes to your leadership and there's not there there are exactly. guys that different ways to do it yeah that may let's take let's take a, an aging veteran for example somebody that might be a role player on a team but he's got a long history of success uh, like a like a Miggy Cabrera right like just a historic career but toward the end he obviously wasn't the same player you know he's going to lead in a different way than maybe a Michael Jordan would or uh, a, a Tim Duncan would or whoever, whoever, you know, whatever sport you to just assume that leadership should come in just this one size fits all. I, I that's not how human beings are. Well, a great example in St. Louis, and it was a bad year for Adam Wainwright on the field. No doubt about it. I mean, it was tough. He struggled to get to 200. But if you ask any of the pitchers in that clubhouse or in that dugout, what's the impact that Adam Wainwright has had, I guarantee there's a few stories from each of those guys, younger players coming up, and said, well, he took me to the side and said this. Or he taught me how to, um, a tangible one would be, he taught me how to grip a curveball a little bit differently. He told me to do a little bit more of the pressure of my fingers on a cutter and and did this kind of thing. His fingerprints are all over a lot of guys in terms of what he was able to drop in knowledge, but also some of the things that you think about from a physical standpoint. That, to me, is leading by example. But you have to have those guys with young players. Young players have to see it. And that, that was the original point that Marshy was bringing up, and I think it's a great question. I just think that when young players come up, there needs to be direction of some sort. They're kind of on a rudderless ship to an extent, and you've got a couple of veterans that show you what it means to be a pro. No doubt. And that's very important. I think the Baltimore Orioles are a good example of yeah. this as well. Great regular season team, mm-hmm. but when they made it to the playoffs and they had all that expectations thrown on them, the highest pressure on them going up against the Texas Rangers, they couldn't win. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they do have some extra uh, veteran leadership on there, I'm not saying that they don't, but the experience I also think factors into this question as well yeah I, I think the Baltimore Orioles are going to be Dan they're they need to be that team that adds a Michael Brantley type I, I totally agree you know so, uh, a guy just that, a veteran that can exactly, help you yeah bring come in and and to your earlier point uh signing signing a player that just comes in and he's got a small role but he he makes a, a huge impact you know when you're when you're riding high this is why we're winning, guys. Yeah. When, you're, when you're riding low, it's not that bad. Here's why we're going to dig out of it and just provide that ultimate calm. The other 
example would be the Texas Rangers, and they have a couple of veterans on that team. That have Robbie been, Grossman and Corey Seager. Yeah. Um, Marcus Simeon, Simeon. Simeon's been around a long time. He has, and they've got young players coming. I mean, they've got some studs that are coming. The Texas Rangers are going to be really good, should be on paper for a long time coming yep. up. But if you don't have those kind of guys around there, then there's another team and another example. You go out and get – that's how the Astros did it. Remember, they went and sprinkled in some veterans when they mm-hmm. had these young guys there that were beaten up over really bad seasons when they were getting you know destroyed because they tanked. And then once they realized, hey, we got a chance to win some games, sprinkled in some veterans, kids started to develop more. Now they become the veterans, and it's just – that's a good cycle to good have. Cycle. Yeah, yeah. Good cycle. Yeah, cool. That's Dan McLaughlin and Anthony Stoltz. We're going to play hot take or hot garbage so if you've got a statement that uh, you think is a hot take, Dan and I will say, yeah, hot you know takes. what, uh, hot take or hot garbage. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin and Andrew March. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Time to play Hot Take or Hot Garbage. This is when you send in a statement that you at least feel is a hot take. Or you just want us to judge whether or not it's a hot take or if it's uh, pure hot garbage, Dan. Okay. That's the only two categories. Don't be altering the game. Hot take. Mm -hmm. Spitting just hot takes. Spitting knowledge. Or it could be garbage. Yeah. That's That's probably not a good thing. With all due respect. All due respect. Marsh. Hit it. From the 3-1-4. Hot take one, please. Hot take. Tony Romo is a better quarterback than Dak, than Dak Prescott is right now. I think that's a I think that's a hot take. Tony Romo had a pretty good career. Yeah. All things considered. I think if Dak continues to do what he does, which is not win a big game but put up pretty decent numbers in Big D, then it's kind of like a similar career. Yeah, I agree. Like, Tony Romo couldn't win some of the bigger games that was, he was a part of, and he couldn't catch a snap which cost them on a field goal remember that that was early on that might have been his first year it was rough in seattle that That thing was like a greased hog it didn't it (laughs) what did the ball when when tony romo went to put down the the snap against the seahawks against the seahawks you're talking like an old school ball coach (laughs) i mean come on now that's a greased hog like a greased hog out there (laughs) come on anthony Uh, you you should be in uh the, uh, the sequel of Waterboy. He could be on that. <laughs> I could, yeah. I could, uh, I could reprise that. Role. You just love talking ball. Mm-hmm. The, you know, it just like it just likes leading people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Romo. I was looking. I was trying to look this up while we were talking here. The the postseason passing for him, but I can't find it. Come on, Pro Football Reference. Well, I don't think they won more than one game. He had to. He had to go to more postseason postseasons though than one, right? Well, yes, but multiple. I don't think that they won like more than one football game. Like no. Dallas could not get out of that first round of the playoffs. Yeah, for quite some time. Very true. All right, moving on. Question two, please. Of garbage hot take. Hot take from the six one eight. No team from Texas will win the World Series. So you got Houston, you got Texas, yeah, that's and a, you're either going to have the Phillies, the Braves, or the Diamondbacks. So you're basically saying 
that the American the League, National League's going to win. Yeah, no, I think that's our garbage. I do too. I like either Houston or Texas. The Rangers have literally not lost a postseason game th- thus far. And correct me if I'm wrong, they don't have to play until Sunday. Is that right? When they fire up their series? Mm, sounds right. Yeah. I mean, then you can line up your pitching. Mm-hmm. You have a quick ALCS. I think it all depends on, and I truly believe this. One for the Rangers, what if you get Max Scherzer back and there's talk that he would be back for the ALCS and if he's healthy, big if, but if he's healthy, there's one thing about throwing a bullpen or throwing live BP and then all of a sudden, you know, they they lift the curtain and you're playing on a national stage and your adrenaline is through the roof and you re-injure yourself. That happens all the time. If he is healthy and you've lined up your pitching, Texas is going to be a tough team to beat. Yes. Very tough. And Houston. It's hard to bet, though, against the Astros. It's and Houston kind of had their number, too. They you know, did. There was a couple of times throughout the year where it's like, oh, okay, Big Brother showed back up. And, and I, I, don't you think there's something that, having been there, done it? A hundred percent. We kind of yeah. we just we just talked about it. Not that Texas has all young guys, because as you mentioned, they, they do have veteran leaders on that team. But sure. Yeah, I just, they're going to have to get over that. I like this because if you're going to win, if the, if the, if the Rangers are going to advance, you're going to have to go through the, the team that has been doing it now for, you know, how many ALCSs in a row is it for the, the Astros? I mean, you're, seven. You're going to have to go through the big boys. I like it. So uh, if you're the uh, folks at Fox, let's see, you get the Dallas area with Texas. Houston is a big market too. And you're probably hoping for Philly over Atlanta, but that's a big mar- – I mean, both are big markets. I guess the one you're saying is please don't give us Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. And Arizona's like, go blank yourself, San Diego. How about here. what they did against the Dodgers? Uh, like a hot knife through butter. Freeman and Betts went one for 21. Mm-hmm. Lance Lynn gave up four home runs last night. In this era of – and Dave Roberts should be questioned about this. Lance Lynn gave up 44 home runs last year in the regular season – or this year – Excuse me. So 44 home runs he gave up. He gave up four in the inning yesterday in an era in which starters don't last three innings, it seems like, and you kept him out there? I, I don't understand that. Like, he clearly doesn't have stuff. So in the home runs that he that they were getting hit were belt high, yeah. spinning, not doing anything. Like, you know that. You can see it from the dugout. Get him out. Managers dig the long ball, though. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. Other people do, too. Just didn't make any sense. Yeah, you get him no, out. Uh, Lance Lynn is as good as he has been throughout his career. He has always been prone to give up the ding dong Johnson big time. He's a fly ball pitcher. Yep. So hot take? No, it's a hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot, you yeah. think that one of them will win the World Series? I got at least I, I to say that neither team will win the World Series. Well, I just I gotta I gotta go against that. I am too. Yeah, that's garbage, Marshy. Come on, you're better than that. Wasn't mine. I know. From the 314, <laughs> hot take or hot garbage. Not getting Corey Seager was the biggest swing and miss of Moe's tenure. Oh, that's uh, garbage. I think Max Scherzer. That's the one qualifies. that comes to mind. Yep. Yeah. Some would say not re signing Albert Pools. I could see that. You know, he if was. You, if you do, though, Dan, as you know, you, did you bring back Yachty and Wayno? Can you bring back Yachty and Wayno? One of the those two. Deals? Yeah. I think one of the two, not both. Um, and it allowed you to get Berkman, Beltron. That money was then yeah. allocated that way. I will, I will argue this for the end of time. 
the way it worked out with Albert, and obviously we're talking hindsight now, the way that it worked out was way better. I agree. Because I totally agree. It, he would. You figure he has the same With injury caveat, issues but. here in St. Louis. Dan, you know any fan base that is watching an aging superstar not perform and make big money, the fan base will will turn. I don't think they would have turned on him. Maybe not turn on it. Maybe that's too strong. But I think we're still having the conversation. Do you still play him every day? All this. And you got this magical final return and it was triumphant, and you you couldn't have scripted it better. I think, though, the one thing that you missed out on, and I, I would have been fun to be a part of it to, as a fan, I would to see it, 500, 600, 3,000 hits. Yeah. And he, more than maybe any baseball player I've ever seen, feeds off a crowd, and, and I think it was an element of his. I talked to people about this, and they were like, eh, I don't know. And I said, I'm telling you, done every one of this guy's games. Yeah. He feeds off a crowd. He's unique. He's a, he's a freak. This is what this guy does. I, I would have loved to have seen what that would have been like. And I also think there's something about one player staying with one team for their entire career with this era of free agency. And I'm not just talking about Albert in baseball, but I mean in any sport. I mean, LeBron James... For God's sakes, he's jumping all over the place, and he could go down as the best basketball player that ever lived. I'm, I don't think that, but I mean, I'm saying some people do. He's in the conversation of being the best basketball player ever, and he's played with the Heat. He's played with the Cavs. He's played with uh, now with the Lakers. I mean, how do you let those guys go? It, there's an argument to be yeah. said with that. Yeah, it, it would have been special. I think on the flip side of that Albert conversation is, does he even get to some of these milestones without the DH in place? If he's battling through something instead of going out there I and think playing been first tougher. base, yeah, does he point. even get to 700? Well, I think it's valid. Um, the one thing you had to keep in mind is in the in the back pocket of people is – in baseball, and I'm talking about GMs, president of baseball operations, owners, all those people, in their back pocket was the fact that you weren't going to stop this steamrolling train of the DH coming and being uniform in the game. Like, they knew that was going to come. Yeah. So you would have had to have maybe five years of Albert without the DH. And he's playing first base, so you're not talking about a completely demanding position, but you're on your feet. Mm-hmm. You're getting older, and he's had foot problems. So a valid point. There is something to it. <coughs> Question of garbage five. All right, we want one more garbage. One more. Here we go. Or hot take. This could be a hot take. From the 314, hot take or hot garbage, Jared Goff is the most underrated player in the NFL. Fred Warner, linebacker of the 49ers, is the most underrated player in the NFL. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's been doing it for, what, eight years? He's incredible. He's everywhere on the field. But I'm going to take it. I think it's a hot take. Yes, I'm taking it. Don't look at me like that. He took the Rams to the Super Bowl, lost, and now he's with a paltry Detroit Lions team. You're a Detroit Lions team. And he's just been remarkable. (laughs) Anthony was on the bandwagon for a total of three or four days. That paltry Lions team. And then he jumped off. Just to get you going. I didn't jump off. Jamie kicked me off. Well, it was a little bit of both. You were, yeah, you were sort of... You know, you just—it was almost like a like, like Mufasa and Scar from The Lion King. You were kind of mm. hanging off, and he just put his claws right in your hands and yeah. just threw you off. Mustafa, yeah, Mustafa, yeah, yeah. Mu- 
Mustafa. Mustafa. Yeah. Well, no, Mustafa. Yeah. 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 And, and then, Scar. Yeah, and Scar. Yeah, he's got it. Anthony, Marcy, you got it right. You had a little snack over there, or and I think Mustafa? you got you got a little Mustafa. sleepy during this segment. No, I didn't. That's get why sleepy. I had to throw this out at you. I just don't appreciate uh, your take here. Dishing, dishing on your lines. That's a. It's a hot garbage take there from Dan McLaughlin. <laughs> You're garbage. Sports News back is next. <laughs> it is Mufasa, Mufasa, by the way. Mufasa, there you go. Yeah. We got, we got that cleaned up. <laughs> Thank goodness. 400 text messages rolling in as Marsh checks it. 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. Or if you want to leave us a comment via our Air Alliance team YouTube channel, you can do that at 101 ESPN STL. Either way, Sports Six back next. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. That's right. Time for the Sports 6 back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. Question number one. All right, guys. From the 314, what is it going to take, regardless who wins Saturday, for Kentucky or Mizzou to really be in the mix with programs like Georgia, Alabama, or LSU regularly? How about beat them? Beating them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, this isn't the cop out. This that's the reality of it. You Absolutely. can't lose you can't lose last Saturday at LSU. You want to be on the map, you win games. And and you have you have that sustainability. How about the young man from LSU, that QB? Daniels is fantastic. Ooh. Apparently he's he's not gonna play this week though. Jaden Daniels? Yeah. He took a pretty good pop in the end zone yep. on that touchdown. Or so, was it the two-point conversion? But I think it was a touchdown. Uh, I believe it was a touchdown, maybe. Either the way. south side of the stadium, sort yeah. of the south end, yeah. He was, inc- he was incredible. And you knew he was going to be a, a bit of an issue. But, yeah, you got to win those games. Absolutely. And you can't have... On a regular basis. Exactly. You can't have that, you know, one year. One no. year. Nobody's talking about us. Well, yeah, you did it. For, you know, you only did it for one year. Georgia has won. You know, they could if they win this or the three national championships in a row. Exactly. It's a dynasty. I mean, and, and to do it in the NIL era, right? That's the other part of it too. That's where programs, or as Marshy said, programs mm-hmm. can get yeah. through very quickly and turn things around. Is that how they say Pro- in the south? Yeah. I mean, programs. if you want to, if you want to be in the mix with these teams, you got to stop saying program. You got to yeah, say yeah, program. program. That's a good call, mm-hmm. Marsh. That's a real good call. Otherwise, you're like every other team in the SEC, not named Alabama, Georgia, or LSU. Yeah. You fall into that category of, hey, could this be Tennessee's year? Could this be, you know, Kentucky's year? Could this be South Carolina's? You're, you're. That's that's the group that you're in. Yeah. Because you're, you're that one one year wonder every five or six years. Got to give guys a chance to. Get them their recruiting classes in. See how it works after four years. Have the patience, and after four or five, then adios. Look, this this year they are moving in the right direction. But NIL changes that, though, doesn't it? It does, but I mean, you can turn things around pretty quickly. You can. You know, you, you get money on the table, mm-hmm. follow the money, and you get guys that can get some money. They can get them to your program. Yeah, turn it around, man. Say it right. Program. Thank you, old ball coach. Yep. Question two, please. There we go. 
question number two. From the 618, I saw MLB Network has Wilson Contreras as the fifth best, fifth best catcher in baseball. What does it say that the Cards may not be viewing him as their number one catcher? Was it just the Cardinals pitchers last year that screwed over Wilson Contreras? I don't think anybody screwed him over. I think he needs to learn how to be better defensively. He went very good defensively. And there's probably a reason that, let's say, Houston a couple of years ago when they were looking at him, didn't take him. Well, they needed also the defensive side of the position. And he struggles on that side. This will be a big offseason for him. I think it's a big spring training for him. I'm not a big believer that the World Baseball Classic takes away from what you do in the regular season. I'm just not. However, now I'm going to counter my my statement. However, I do think it made an impact with the Cardinals this year. Michaelis was gone. Wainwright was gone. Somebody else was gone, too, where you need to be working with that catcher. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be prime, you know, one-two punches for you every other day. He wasn't, uh, he was there, but the other guys weren't. And all of a sudden, you jump in regular season when everything means something. Yeah. I think it did have an effect. And Wayno missed the first part of the season because of injuries. Steven Matz couldn't stay healthy. So there was no continuity between the pitching staff and Contreras. Exactly. And, uh, continuity is the right word. Yeah. That's no point. Bueno. just wasn't very good defensively. Mm-mm. So I, I think offensively, if you look at it in terms of. What he provided offensively, yeah, it's what he did the year before. It's good offensive catcher, but there's the other side of the sport where you got to play defense, and he's at a prime position, and just it didn't look good. Question three, please. Question number three. My fault. From the 636, who do you think are the most delusional fans? Well, Marsh, uh, why don't you go ahead and say the first one, because I think a lot of people would view the team that you just can't stand mm. in the NFL. It's the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. And I was a good one. Were, I, I wrote that one that down. down. Yeah, delusional is different than like annoying or frustrating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas fans, to, I think the Cowboys fans are a little, yeah. a little rough. What about Nashville Predator fans? Yeah, I just, I don't know if they... I don't know. I went to a Predators game once, and this was a few years ago. I think it was right before COVID. That atmosphere down there is just completely different. Like, for me, it just didn't feel like an NHL game, which is not a bad thing. It just felt so completely different where it seemed like these Predator fans, they not that they didn't know what was going on, but I kind of, like, got that vibe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like they... They, I mean, they celebrate banner. They they have banner raisings for for being the best team in the regular season. Now, right. some people like we've established here on the show. Some people think that's uh, the end all be all, but not us. I think when a, a city has great success with their teams, then they become more delusional when the fall off happens. Yeah, true. So, I mean, like Boston fans have been treated to a great run of yeah Bruins, obviously Patriots, Red Sox winning three. You know, and then when you have a fall off, it's kind of like, well, what what the hell's going on here? Yeah. This is terrible. This is Boston. It, Meanwhile, like not that yeah. long ago, they were long suffering. Yeah, you're you're winning championships. Yeah, I mean, maybe Dodger fans have kind of fallen into that. You know, another hundred win season. Mm-hmm. I think it's what the ninth or tenth consecutive division title that they've had, and they've won one since they've uh, they've been to what three World Series in this run, but they've won once, and that was the COVID year. Yeah. And they did, the Giants did snake them the one year. 
Yes. The year that they won 107. That's right. Just somehow. You, uh, you kind of get delusional and you think that you should win every single year because yeah. of your, your regular season dominance. Yeah. It's just hard to win, man. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a crapshoot once you get in. It really is. It's randomness. Do you think Cub fans are delusional? Or do you think they know they have a track record of being terrible? I, I think they know they have a track record. I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't put the Cub. I wouldn't put Cubs fans in the delusional category. Or do you either. think they become delusional as the season progresses? So, like this season, for instance, they were right there in the wild card race, and then they dropped off. Do you think I, for a little bit they were like, "We're going to make the playoffs. We're a really good team," and like they, no. were, they, they had a good offense? But I don't. I, I don't get that impression from Cubs fans because this is a group. That, you know, outside of 2016, obviously, I mean, they, they, those some bad years, man. Yeah. Consistently. And they, it was part of the, uh, the lovable losers. Exactly. I mean, that yeah. Is, that, that doesn't go away. What about Yankees fans? I mean, their expectations are to win every year, but they, their payroll is always in the top yeah. three. So I guess expectations as opposed to what Marcy is asking are two different things. Yeah. And I, I guess I wouldn't call them delusional. They, they, Yankees, like you know what Yankees fans want? They want stars. Yeah, they want star players. They want to win every year, and they want their ownership to spend. I, I can't call them delusional when they're so direct with yeah. things. You know, and I, they I, and they do spend. Yeah, just well, I don't know if they spend on the right talent. Yeah. Staying in New York, not with the Yankees. I think Met fans are delusional. Well, when your owner comes out and says he would be disappointed if we don't win a World Championship in five years. Mm-hmm. Your expectations, and then he's spending money like it, it, nobody's business in the sport. I can understand why the expectations would be so high if you're a Mets fan. I, I could understand that. Yeah. Do you think Met fans are also Jet fans? It seems that's to be typic- that way. That's typically how it goes. Why yeah, is Yankees, that? Yankees, and Giants fans. It's just it's always been that way. Yep. In New York, but yeah, yeah, yeah Yankee for that group of people. Yankee fans and Giants are usually Giants fans, and Jet fans are usually Met fans. Typically. I would hate to be a Jets fan. Oh, so, I mean, my, my mother's a long-suffering Jets fan. She's from New York. She's, I mean, she she Some saw tough times, she man. Saw Joe Montana, uh, Joe Montana, Joe Namath play, and How like, who cool would that be? She, yep, and she still she still roots. She knows they're they're going to, you know, stab her in the spine. Have you year. ever seen the uh, Joe Namath documentary? No. And when you see him wing it. From some of the black and white video that they have, yeah. I mean that dude is winging it. He could play. Oh my god, it was awesome <laughs> seeing him, and you can hear the zzz, you know yeah. the football. Um, let's see, the three one four says, "Can we have Steve Bartman throw out a first pitch?" I think the answer would be if you could find him. Yeah, he he. And when they won, they invited him. Yeah, he wanted he no just, part of he it. Wanted no part of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't want any part of that either. I wish he did though, because remember when Boston brought back Bill Buckner. Yeah. And he was so emotional. emotional and fans showed such appreciation. I mean, I think that would be I think that would be good. I worked some games with Preston Wilson who was part of the 06 Cardinals team. Mm-hmm. That's Mookie's son. And remember Mookie hit the ground ball to Buckner and went through his legs. Yeah. Okay, so Mookie was in the booth with us and we were off the air and I said, "You know, do you ever do you ever see Bill or do you guys talk or do you ever run any? He said, oh, he's turned into one of my great friends. No kidding. He said, we go fishing all the time together. We do card shows together. No kidding. He said, he's just a wonderful man. How about that? See, I think that, you know, and and look, you, you, do, what you, you do what you want. You know, Steve Bartman, they had to, they had to take that poor guy out, uh, you know, 
they had to lead him out through the confines yeah. with security just to get the the poor guy home. So th- that's got to traumatize you forever. But I I, I do wish that he kind of had his moment in sixteen when they won it. And I think say, if hey. he if he accepted it, I think you'd also have a closing of that chapter of his life. Totally, it'd be like, hey, I. I was a part of this, and it's yeah. over now. I'm back. Hi, everybody. And then adios. Gonz- I mean, it, who was the shortstop? Gonzalez? Who was the shortstop that, that booted it? Uh, I mean, it was, it was pl- Gonzalez. I mean, it was, what was it? The next play? Yeah. Routine ground ball. And it's not to say that Moises Alou was going to catch it. Yes. Flip-flopped on that. If you watch, like, documentaries and stuff... He he at one like he was so hell, but yes, I would have caught it. And then in like in more recent times, like I don't know, I don't yeah. know what it. So, man, well, I think his reaction is what yes set the tone for the Freaked whole thing. Out. Threw his glove down, mm-hmm. you know, was upset or yeah. didn't throw it down, but slapped it in his thigh or yes. whatever. I think that kind of set the tone for the situation. I agree. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. What's trending is next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Five, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for what's trending. Uh, don't forget, we've got the Blues and Stars pregame starting right here in less than an hour. The first regular season pregame show on 101 ESPN for the Blues season. I'm ready. Everybody's I'm fired jacked up. up. Everybody's jacked up out of their minds. We also, uh, not Weeb at 101, obviously we've got the Blues game, but don't forget to get the Braves, Phillies, TBS, uh, that is a 7.07 start time, and the Braves are looking to avoid elimination. How Spencer about that? Spencer Strider on the hill against Ranger Suarez. Who do you like tonight? I like, uh, I I like, like the, the Braves. Braves. Yeah. yeah. Spencer Strider, man. Game on the line, Stud. season on the line. I could see this. I know the firepower on both sides and what happened yesterday and all that, but I, I could see this being lower scoring today. How tonight. about the crowds, by the way, in Philly? Oh, they've been sensational. I, I've been thinking that if the Cardinals get back in the postseason, we're going to see electric crowds. Yep. And going back to where you kind of get used to being in postseason, and then all of a sudden you're not. Mm. And you go, man, I miss that thing. I want to get back there. I miss those chilly nights down at the ballpark having fun. No kidding. The, I think the fans would be just so excited to get back to the ballpark in postseason baseball. I know that's an obvious statement, but I could see them being more – I don't know. Into it is the right word. Um, rambunctious, whatever it is. But I just itching to get back. We're not yep. used to this. No, not at all. All right. What else you got, Marsh? Yeah, we were talking about this in the break earlier. But I saw this tweet from Andrew Marshan or Marshan, not affiliated with Brad Marshan, I don't believe, of the uh, Boston Bruins. But I don't think so. he said that Pat McAfee pays Aaron Rodgers millions of dollars for his exclusive interviews. The Post, the New York Post, that is, they learned that today. Interesting. Apparently, I think Pat McAfee signed a five-year, eighty-five or eighty-six million dollar deal, and that's why he is plastered all over ESPN. They're going to get their money's worth with him in College Game Day. I, I think I'm right about that number or numbers, and they say that they do pay. He does out of his salary. He pays Aaron Rodgers numbers. 
It's smart. Yeah. I think it is too. I mean, you're making your money. You want it to be successful. Aaron Rodgers is instant offense, whether you love him or hate him. You're going to kind of tune in for him. Yep. And he's going to say something. You know, those those interviews are typically not flat. And you get it. He'll give you something. Well, you get it brought to you by the Missouri Athletic Club, and that's no doubt my MAC. Yeah. You know, just thinking out. I'm just thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's get uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you know. With that, you get a workout in. Maybe you work on your Achilles. They've got great things at the MAC to help you out. The Missouri Athletic Club, it's my MAC. <laughs> the trainers there are fantastic. <laughs> work on that, Achilles. God, yeah. is, uh, this is uh, from Codified. Well, hold on now. Yeah, no, let me, abs- Dan. Let, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> Absolutely. Who would be the interview that you want to hear in St. Louis? Who would be an athlete that you say, you know what, I'll, I'll pay for that. You know what, I'll pay to listen to that guy. Current? Uh, yeah, let's do current. Jordan Bennington. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think Wayno on Wednesdays here. Wednesdays with Wayno was good. I think that was kind of must listen to radio. And there was a nice trade of Wayno's um, charitable side and promotion of fantasy football and whatnot he had went on uh, going on. And I also think it's good for the player. I think when people hear the other side of the player and more of a human side, I, I think it's good for them yeah, and their agree. brand. I choose Kevin Hayes. I think oh, yeah. Kevin Hayes is hilarious, and I think he's going to be really good for this Blues locker room this upcoming year. I know Jamie's talked about it, how much he brings to to the team in terms of off the ice. Uh, I've watched videos of him mic'd up. I think he's so funny. So I think that would be a guy that I would like to have on, um, or at least just talk to on a weekly basis, just to like see what's going on in that guy's brain because yeah. he's he is so funny. It's personal. I told uh, Anthony we were talking a little bit off the air that people don't know um, Paul Goldschmidt. Like I, you watch him, big fundy. Mm-hmm. He's going to do everything right on the field, but he's a he's a really neat guy to know off the field. Very charitable, very outspoken. Not in terms of like controversy but just a great conversationalist and you wouldn't know that yeah with i him. wouldn't think that no and that's what i mean i think it's good to hear and see the other side of yeah. athletes and and ultimately for those aren't that aren't making 80 million dollars it, it improves your brand right and your brand is sellable so that's something to think about i yeah and i never fault anybody for being who they are you know i but i always thought that goldie was kind of a quiet unassuming guy uh, until you said that again i'm not faulted yeah be, be who I'm, I'm a big proponent of be who you are he's just a really good guy yeah you know uh but i never would have put him in the category of just kind of being more outspoken than you know behind closed doors yeah something interesting here before we uh end what's trending but this is from kevin seifert we talked about justin jefferson being mm-hmm. injured on the injury report when that came out earlier this week kevin seifert who uh covers the vikings for espn he tweeted out justin jefferson just jogged through the vikings locker room he's back and his jog is my sprint <laughs> looks pretty spry thus ends my rehab coverage for today okay. interesting well, he's gonna be out four weeks no matter what but that's a good sign for them i wonder though if they did that on purpose because they're punting on the season. Well, if you're going to punt on the season, you, you trade Kirk Cousins. Right? That's the ultimate trade that you'd have to make. There's your QB, most important position on the field. I mean, if you really want to punt it, you turn the keys over to Sean Mannion. Mm. Uh, that's tough to listen to. What? You watch yourself. Oregon State. He was a former Beaver. I know. He was. He Oregon watch State. yourself. <laughs> Oregon State. Watch the Beavers. It. 
Question five, please. That's for sure. We're not in sports <laughs> six bag anymore. <laughs> Come uh, on, Dan. Well, I, they can't, Anthony. I mean, poor Nick Mullins is on the injured reserve right now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's in the, you turn it over to Sean Mannion. I think I'd like to have Nolan Arenado as a weekly guest. Yeah? He'd be good. Nolan's fantastic. Just thinking about outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of daydreaming right now. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just a couple of guys, you, my, me, Marshy, just uh, talking sports, Hanging out man. talking sports, that's right. It's a pretty tough gig. <laughs> <laughs> good money if you can get it. You betcha. Does MLB's postseason format benefit wildcard teams more? Yeah. I, I think our guy Marsh is about to go small sample size oh, yeah. on everybody. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So, Marsh, uh, you, you got a, a wild hair up your rear end about this Watch postseason. Now. I have what? Yeah, you heard me. So, you're you're all about the wild card teams. This format mm. benefits the wild card teams. Yeah. That's your take these days, Marsh. I didn't say that's my take. I'm just Why do you feel that way? I'm asking yeah, you a question. Deal? I'm asking you guys a question. Because the, because the Diamondbacks haven't lost yet, or the Rangers haven't lost yet. and they The played, Orioles lost. They had the wild card, and oh, the yeah, Braves are up against the ropes, and the Orioles, like Dan just said, they sing. Is that where you're going here? One postseason, all of a sudden, you're all about the wild Get card Get on him, team. Anthony. Well, Anthony, it's been two postseasons. Uh, oh. If you look at the... <laughs> National League last year. Let's just go back to last year, right? Okay. You have the Braves and the Dodgers, top two teams in the National League. Both teams did not make it to the NLCS. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Right? That's just a a few, right? Uh, And then let's look at uh, this year as well. You have the Diamondbacks. They beat the Dodgers again. The Phillies are on the brink of taking out the Braves once again. Yeah. You know, I'm just floating it out there. You have the Rangers. They beat the Orioles. Obviously, Houston took care of business against Minnesota because Minnesota, you know, they only had one win mm-hmm. in like 19 years. So I didn't expect them to win. But Who's counting? Who's right counting? Here. Obviously, right. they are. But, uh, you know, you just look at this and, I, you know, there, there's some games and some series that you can push against this because yep. Houston, they took on the Yankees last year in the ALCS. So... Okay, well, you know, we're splitting no, a, hairs here. But it, for me, the one thing I look at is that time off. Sure. Right? Do you want that time off or you want to be a team that is playing good baseball down the stretch, fighting for a playoff spot, and then carrying that right into the postseason? So let's start right there with what you just said about the time off. Because, Dan, this is how I view this situation. Okay. Does the Wildcat – Wildcat. We're not talking football. It's okay. My bad. Or Kansas State, for that matter. Uh does the wild card format benefit the wild card teams? Does the BAM will be postseason benefit the, the wild card teams? If if you are a team that has that time off, what's the number one advantage, Dan? It's not the time off. Line up your pitching. Line up your pitching. What if you don't have the pitching to match up? That was Baltimore's problem. Whoever they were going to line up, you were still kind of dealing from the middle of the deck. I still think... There is something, though, about a wild card team that's hot down the stretch just to make it in the playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. 
And so you get hot, you get in. You're playing playoff baseball for the last, let's say, month to get in contention. Then you get really in contention. Now you're just two games out, one game out. Now you're tied. Now you win. You're in a wild card team. You're you're one of the representatives of your league as a wild card. I, I think that momentum, depending on if you got your number one or your number five going, say it takes you down to the final day of the regular season, and all of a sudden you're, you, you have to use your four or your five, with the way the game is played now, yes, you line up your pitching. Your pitching doesn't go that far anyway. And I think that there is momentum. Now, people would say momentum is next day starter in baseball. I get that. But like the Dodgers right now, don't you think that they missed their starting pitching and they missed a little bit of the momentum that the other team had that they faced? Arizona yeah. came in like a buzzsaw after playing the way they did against Milwaukee. So sure. I, I think it speaks to the randomness of the sport. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. Do you reseed after the first round? Yes. Maybe that's something I'd look at. But baseball is just weird. It's baseball. It's random, and it, it to me, it's more about the beauty of the sport. Where at any point in time, the Cardinals, who had an awful season, can go down to Atlanta and win two or three this year. Explain that one to me. It's yeah, right. It's yeah, random, it's good, man. Good it's just it it's just weird. It's random, and the postseason. No matter how you set up the format. The postseason will never be able to replicate the regular season. And I think that's what we have a big problem with internally. We look at the regular season and you watch the Braves night in and night out. You're like, yep, no question, that's the best team. But when you get into the postseason, that marathon turns into a sprint. It is the exact opposite of the regular season. So we're watching this and we have such, you know... We're confused and we're like, and some of us get angry. And why? Why is it this case? Because of the regular season, the postseason, they they contradict one hundred percent themselves. So that I think is what we have struck. What we're and then we're trying to nitpick. You know, well, how can we benefit the Braves? No, Braves got to win games. It's a complete. It, everything starts over. How do you feel about a Minnesota team having home field advantage with eighty-seven wins? I, I do think there's a factor with home field advantage. Yeah, and I don't. So you win your division, you're going to get that. That's where I think you recede. I I hate. This so with is, the interleague play, you're you're basically balanced schedule. You're playing everybody in the league, sure. and you wind up with 87. As some other team winds yeah. up with 100, let's say, and all of a sudden that team is a wild card, winds up playing on the road. Okay, so Dan, right there, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you you brought this up. So already, because this is the pushback, right? We get, and we hear this a lot more in college football. But well, how, isn't it about crowning the best the best team? Well, clearly not. If the Twins can get in with in a mediocre wins, division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can host a playoff game when they didn't have a winning record last. So no, it's not. So so your argument is bunk if you're like it's about crowning the best team. No, it's not, because these crap teams get in sometimes. Then on the flip side, they say, well, we need to make it uh, to where if you win your division, you you, you got to get rewarded for winning your division. Why? And that's kind of where I'm at. You know? Not all the divisions are equal. Exactly. The and Baltimore Orioles then should have should have advanced to the ALCS then. Yep. They won that gauntlet of a division. Braves, same deal. I, I'm with you. Don't yell at me. I'm sorry, Dan. I get very passionate about this. <laughs> look at Marshy laughing over there. It's not equal. You look at you look at the division. You can't sit here and say that, you know, well, we really have to and I know you're not doing it, Dan, but we right. really have to uh, uh we really have to benefit you know, hand over this this division. We have to have uh, a little prize for the win. What? Yeah. The Baltimore Orioles winning the AL East is comparable to the Central? 
It's not. In I mean, either league. I'm with you. And the same thing with the National League Central, like you said. Right. It's just not the same. Get out of here with your Especially winners, a few years winners. ago or prior to this year when you played, if you're the Cardinals, you would have played the Pirates, the Cubs, and at times the Brewers were down 18 times a year. I mean, the that, NL Central has been about the Cardinals and whatever team in that four or five year window is good. Yep. It has never been, well, never as strong. There's only been a few times. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, Dan, that there has been a three-horse race in the NL Central. What do you think, Very too? Very far and few, I, few and far between. I agree. I, what do you think about the days off? I think that's a problem, too. And I, I can understand why you have certain days off, and it's probably based on television. And, you know, the problem that Major League Baseball has is that beginning tonight, you get Thursday Night Football. Tomorrow, you're going to have a couple of college games. Some of those might be decent. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I will. Um, then Saturday, you have a full college football slate. Then Sunday, you have the NFL. you got Sunday Night Football. Then Monday Night Football. You're going head-to-head with that, and you're trying to avoid it as much as you can. You do not want to go head-to-head with it. It's like the PGA Tour. I mean, they, they moved up their schedule, and they put their championships Ahead of like the PGA Championship is no longer late in the summer. It's, it's smart. It's early because they don't want to go up against football. Yes, football is behemoth. Eye, you have to have eyeballs on your on your product. Yeah, I mean, how can we get the most people watching what we have to offer? And some of that is due in part to the off days that you the, the, the off days are due in part to what you see with the television schedule. Yeah. I don't know. You, I mean, if you, if I you, just don't think you can make it perfect. I no, don't. you can't because as soon as you start to say, "Hey, why don't you, why don't you shorten up the schedule?" That, that of course, is gate revenue for owners, and owners are not going to and TV revenue uh, and TV revenue too. But it, you think about it this way too: if you did shorten up the schedule, would you start to see more players play every day and stop with this? You know, I know the NBA. It's a worse problem in the NBA with the load management. But if you play, if you were, if you played a shorter schedule, maybe you don't bake in so many days off. For players, yeah, you just I, run them. The Players Association has it to where they get. I could be wrong about. I think I'm right. They have to have one off day every either 18 days or 21 days. It's just they have to have it there. And the only way that you can continue to go through that said day is say you have a doubleheader and it's the last time that that team is coming through, and they say, well. You can have the off day, but then we're going to come back on another off day, and you guys are going to have to fly from wherever you're at, play this game here, and then fly back out. Wow. So so teams are like, well, we'll take the doubleheader and make sure we stay on our scheduled off day. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it gets complicated, man. Yeah, it gets certainly. a little sticky with that stuff. Yeah, and we look at it, and we're only looking at bits and pieces of it, and we're like, well, they should do this. Meanwhile, you got some dude that's on a computer with all this algorithm, and they're they're trying to figure it out. I've come back to the point that I love the sport. There's the beautiful aspect of the game of baseball that is baseball, meaning it's random. And you're going to have weird things happen, and it happens every year, and it's an imperfect science of what they've come up with. Yeah, well said. Reseeding, though, is something I would look at. Me too. I, I definitely think that that's valid. You and I are on the same page. Right? Okay, brother. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Biggest question of the day is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN Sports Center. 
I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for a Sports Center update brought to you by Saliga Heating and Cooling. The Blues regular season gets underway tonight. We are less than 30 minutes away from our pregame show right here on 101 ESPN. That starts at 6. Puck drop is at 7 in Dallas as the Blues take on the Stars. Game 1 of 82 and hopefully more as the season goes along. We talked earlier today with Chris Kerber. If you missed that interview, make sure you go to 101ESPN.com or check out the 101 mobile app. It's free, so go check it out. That's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We have our biggest question of the day coming up next right here in the fast lane. I'm Andrew Marsh, and this sports or in this sports center update is brought to you by Saliga. Heating and Cooley, an independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Broadcasting live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. That's right, time for the biggest question of the day. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stoltzer, here's Andrew Marsh. Gentlemen, with, with said question. Yes. We have the Blues' first game tonight, right here on 101 ESPN. They take on the Dallas Stars. The question I have for you is what are you looking forward to the most with this upcoming NHL season? So it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with the Blues, but just hockey in general. I'll, I'll go first. I, I can't wait to watch on a every other night basis, whatever it may be, Connor Bedard. You know, so much has been made of him. I've watched so many of his highlights as a young kid. He's unbelievable. Um, You know, watching McDavid, watching some of the top players in the game, it looks like he'll be on his way to being one of these guys, Sidney Crosby type, and maybe that's just too much, but I read a lot about hockey. I love the sport, and with everything I've read and listened to and people talked about him, television shows, um, I know he's a Blackhawk, but watching him play every single night or having a chance to watch him in person when he comes through St. Louis, it's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. That's a good one. Um, I think for me, it's always enjoyable to watch a team win and then what do they do in that next year? You know, the Avalanche won two years ago and then last year couldn't sustain it and Vegas took over. So you're going Carolina. Uh no, I just I'm I'm in, no, I'm just interested in watching oh, okay. watching to see if Vegas can can do it again. Um, I'll watch Vegas because Petro's there, and I like I like to watch him play. Certainly, I hate that he's on the Wilds, but I I I'm interested to see how Pat Maroon yes impacts that Minnesota team. Minnesota's a good team last year. You know they open up tonight against Florida, against our our guy Matthew Kachuk. So I think they're kind of an intriguing team, and I, I, I'm interested from a non-blue standpoint how how our guy Pat Maroon does. Uh, and then you know you had mentioned it, Connor Bedard, seeing how the kid adjusts to the league. If the first game is any indication, it'll probably it'll be just it'll be just fine. I think the other fascinating thing, guys, can the Oilers ever get over the hump? Just that was mine too. McDavid, Drysaitel, all these great players, and this is it, man. This is their year to do it they got to do it this year i'm looking forward to seeing how some teams in the east do those teams being the detroit red wings jamie always talks about stevie Y and what he's been able to do we saw it in tampa bay yeah they're slowly building in detroit now i'm not a 
huge Detroit fan by any means, but it is better for the league when that team is relevant. Also, the Ottawa Senators, Brady Kachuk, he's the captain there. They're also building. They have Vladimir Tarasenko, former blue on that team now. Mm -hmm. So I want to see how those teams fare in this upcoming season. Another team, Buffalo Sabres, another team that's building. They have been a miserable fan base for 20-plus years now. You're also wearing that Tate Thompson sweater, too. That's probably a little reason why you love the Sabres. Yeah. Me? Yeah. I mean, I don't love the Sabres, but it's in trouble. It's another team, though, that I think like the NHL benefits when that team is in the playoffs. And it's been a while since the NHL had the opportunity to benefit from the Sabres being in the playoffs. So I'm rooting for these teams. I like seeing new teams in the fold. Hopefully the Blues can end up making the playoffs too. So I'm just excited all around to see what transpires this year in the NHL. You know, from a historical standpoint too, you got you got Ovi still trying to yeah. chase down Gretz. I mean, it's 72 goals. That's what separates it's amazing. Ovi and Wayne Gretzky. And that, that would be tying. So he's 72 goals away from tying Wayne Gretzky for most, most goals in NHL history. You mentioned Pat Maroon. I'll be watching Ryan O'Reilly. I'll have more of an interest of watching yeah. to see what he does. He scored a goal already, but... Um, I always respected him and thought he was a great player here in St. Louis and what he meant to the Cup team. So watching him in Nashville, seeing what he does, will be something I, I keep an eye on too. And then locally, it's there's really there's one focus storyline, and that's that that is the defense and and whether or not with this this new system, this defense is going to replicate what it did two years ago, or with the same group, is it gonna is it gonna look like it did a year ago? I, I just I have a hard time believing Dan that the top four will play as badly as it did a year ago. I, there, you've Different system, too. Maybe yeah. you play to some more strengths. I mean, there's a reason why Justin Falk got what he you know, got what he got contract-wise. There's a reason why Tory Krug received what he did on the open market. There's a reason why you brought back Nick Letty after making that deal with Detroit two years ago. And, and there's a reason why Colton Pareko, like you mentioned, um, was one of the key peaks key components to winning a Stanley Cup in 2019 I don't think that just suddenly just goes away you know I want to believe that it's an that last year was an aberration and I don't think I'm that far off in in that thought how about year one of an eight-year deal Cairo and Thomas Mm -hmm. so do they take that next step of being more of a a leader on this team they're still young guys but as we talked about earlier they got a couple years under their belts yeah Thomas for sure um and just seeing how they matriculate through the season and yeah. if, if it's and that top line has got a chance to be really good you know i you look at their top line i'd put it up against a lot of top lines in hockey so where where are they going to go after that top line what is two three and four look like but just seeing those guys in year one of an eight-year deal mm-hmm. more pressure certainly on you when you start to make more money right. expectations go higher so how they handle that which i'm sure will be fine but seeing them continue to progress and, and become better players and they're very good don't get me wrong but even get better you know you bring up an interesting point too they're they're going to be the focal point of this team yet it's still Braden Shen's team to some degree you know there you go so it's another storyline you don't have to have those two guys step up and be the overall leader of this team because you got Braden Shen they can do what they do best and hopefully they they lead by example, and Shen can lead in all the other ways. You know, grit, seeing him as grit, a captain, toughness, all that. 
That to me is a story too. Seeing him, and, yeah, you know, he's earned it. Wearing a C man in that sport, in any sport, is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And so this is year one of him uh, having that captaincy, and and it's done out of respect and what management thinks of him and how he deals with media, all those things. I always find that kind of interesting to watch too. Sure. The captain of a team. Again, you got the pre- the pregame at six o'clock. The puck drops about seven o'clock or so. In Dallas, as the Blues open up their season tonight against the division foe, the Dallas Stars, we've got what you missed and criticisms and compliments next on 101 ESPN. And compliments. And compliments. There you go. Thank you. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or the free 101 ESPN app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jamie Rivers joined Dan McLaughlin and I for the first two hours of the show from Dallas. We talked about the national pundits being down on the Blues and why they're down and whether or not we as the local affiliate will be right or will it be the national guys Mm -hmm. when it's all said and done biggest storylines impacting the blues we did blues over unders uh dan and i just had a a good discussion about the nhl and some of the bigger storylines heading into the year chatted with chris kerber uh did a little football as well if the chiefs don't score at will tonight maybe we start having the conversation about the offense being a little off because this denver team stinks just got to get to like I don't know why I keep thinking that, like 11, 11 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 11 or more would sure. be fine. I right. think then they're they're locked in. Right. That's the way I've tried to break down the tape. You know, uh, and I saw you earlier today yeah. at uh, RMAC. Yeah. And, um, you had a great workout, didn't yeah, you? I, I did certainly too. did, yeah. Got the sauna in as well. Sweat, yeah. Sweated the toxins out. Not together, but yes. No, yes. Uh, but, you know, I saw you breaking down the tape, too. Yeah. So, of the, On my phone, I usually get... Yeah, the I NFL.com could, app, and you're going over it. I all go 22. Straight, I go straight to Spags. Yes, you do. He sends it right to me. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Dan. I know you need this. <laughs> hot take or hot garbage. We played that as well. Jamie gave his keys to the game, and we played NFL fill-in-the-blank, too. So yeah. That's all available at the podcast. It's a good show, man. Always fun to be with you. Dan, I, I have a blast with it, man. We, we, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. You're going to be in here a lot, though. We're going to be seeing yeah. a ton. Well, Jamie's going to be on the road, so I get to do a little fill-in here and there. And uh, I know BT's going to do some fill-in, and you're the constant, man. You're always here. I don't know if people necessarily think that's a good thing. But I do, and I'm a loyal listener, and I think you do a hell of a job. Well, Dan, and I mean that you. sincerely. I appreciate that. Marshy, you too, buddy. Way to go, Marshy. Thank you, Dan. Marshy no said his first live. You know where he's going to be tonight, right? I hadn't heard. Go ahead, Marsh. Dan, I'm going to be at Cybergs in Arnold from oh. 6 to 8 p.m. for Thursday Night Football. We'll have the Blues game going, too. You know, season opener. you got the Chiefs and the Broncos. It's, it's going to be a night. fun night. It's going to be a fun me? night at Cybergs in Arnold. Who's out there with you? Learn from the Rizzuto Show. Right. I'm sure she's going to be talking smack just oh, because, yeah. you know, they won two weeks in a row. Yeah. Not a big deal. Uh, really, it's not because we're going to win this week. Darn right we are. We, so. clean. we looked up the same tape that Dan provided us, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to clean things. We're going to clean some things. I out. don't think you watch tape like I do. I get the family together. <laughs> and we talk about it. Gather around here. Come on, kids. You see this smash concept, it's, it's kids? It's time to review some film. Dan looked at the Let's tape. Let's run this. He yeah. said, 
this Kansas City Chiefs team, kids, they're going to win by at least 11, 11 tonight. 11 or 12. And if not, you won't eat tomorrow. Yep. So we're in the future, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Until Sunday. And we'll figure it all out. And then we'll figure out some it, other games it, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more game film. More film. We get some college tape on Saturday, too. Hawaii. You know, there's some interesting Friday night games from the Mac we yeah, can look at. Darn right. Don't, hey, don't crap on the Mac. You got Sunbelt action, too. Oh, that we Not that we would ever pay that hard attention to it, of wow, course. Wow, the Sunbelt's got some good teams. You sure do. Conference USA. Yeah. I mean, I'm all above the. I'm not above uh, watching all those. No. Yeah, I love them. I mean, you, you just. You have a vested. You know, not just a mental aspect of this, but yeah. it, it just—it's it, from the heart when you watch. You feel uh, you, for those kids. You enjoy watching the kids out there. Dan. Yeah, and you're you're only one man. You know, you look at what team should win by how much, and you know, you you sit there and say, "Hey, kids, you know, we want to root for this team because I want to make sure and put food on the table tomorrow." Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's no big deal. <laughs> Marshy, <laughs> do we have any criticisms or compliments? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from the 217, Dan has said some funny stuff today. He uh, yeah. also said a hot marshy, and that made the 217 throw up in their mouth a little bit. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> when did you say a hot marshy? It was at the gauntlet. I, I don't remember doing that, but you look spectacular. <laughs> oh, thank you. I thought you were talking about my gauntlet game oh, oh, and uh, the streak I've been on. You ran into I, Andrew today, but well, the, Andrew's the last two days yeah. have ran into a hot marshy. I think I said stay hot, marshy. Ah, uh, but you that know makes you do look sense. you do look fabulous, though. Thank you. I have my blues uh, little jacket on. The yeah, you're ready for them blues. Are you I'm going to, to go. Cyberg's dressed like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not putting it down. I, I think maybe you need to dress down a little bit. You're dressed up for it. Oh no, we got to okay. show up. Nah, you know, looks good. Okay, kids, all right. Kids ready for his first appearance. All right, I just wanted to make sure. Cool yet casual, you know? Absolutely. Well, I guess there's really nothing casual about it, but it's going to be a fun night. Looks like Alex Ferrario's wearing a full suit. He Alex is. Ferrario has the meanest mustache right now. He's looking good, man. Ferrario, he's ready for his first regular season. Did you see he and Big K, or they got the stashes going? Yeah. Was there a reason for that? I don't, I don't know. know. There's like a Freddie Mercury gathering somewhere. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So you want to be prepared. Yeah. Could have been that. walking into the station before our show started, and I heard them talking about potentially, and I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I'm going to do it anyways, potentially being Mario and Luigi for Halloween. Uh, be good. Hopefully you don't. Yeah. I don't know Did who's who. So what would Tanner be? Because Tanner's he's trying hard. He's probably he's not, Toad. That makes <laughs> sense. I mean that it does. It makes sense. It's a little rough on Tanner. A little rough on Tanner. Uh oh, Alex Uh-oh. is ticked. I think you did let the cat. Did out I of spoil the bag. something? Come on in, Alex. Did, you, did he spoil oh, no. something? He did. Look at face. I think I did. Uh oh, here he comes. He's coming in. Watch our wheel, Marshy. What? Did you just spoil our Halloween surprise? Wow. I didn't know it was a surprise. You just spoiled. We're growing out a mustache for everything, man. Oh, man. I just ruined it. And to give you a sneak preview, Tanner's going to be towed. No way. I do not know that. He hasn't agreed to it, but we're trying to get him to agree to it. It makes sense. I feel so bad right now. It's okay, buddy. Now you you have to be like Bowser. I'll be Wario or or Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to participate now. That's fine. 
You do have a little Freddie Mercury going right now. So that was my original Halloween idea, Freddie Mercury. I got yeah. the jeans, I got the white T-shirt, I yep. got the belt, and I'm like, I can pull the, Freddie uh, Mercury off. Yeah, the, the, the armband. I had it. I told, my, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to grow my hair out, too. And then, of course, I was like, yeah, but Mario looks better on me anyway. So. I think you look great, too. I appreciate it. Marshy looks great. You look great. Marshy, you know what I feel about you. But you feel like Adam Sandler right now. <laughs> we wasted the good we surprise, on you. Yeah. surprise on you. Well, Alex, good, did the, you know that uh, Marshy's got a, a live endorsement tonight? Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, it the just, pride of Arnold, Missouri. That's we just found out about it, and uh, we were at the the MAC. Myself and Anthony. I don't think. Yeah. Thank you very much. There it is. Yeah. It was great. He's the pride of Arnold. You Missouri. don't have your headphones on. No, you don't I heard it. I okay. heard it. Hey, anytime I get the MAC drop, I hear the cha-ching in the background. Don't that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. smart. Marshy, it's okay though because I heard you compliment the mustache. Yeah. So that's a positive for me. Well, because- I, I love the mustache too. I'll frequent the mustache from time to time. I'm just proud of you guys for doing the the Halloween stuff together. Oh yeah. I mean that's well, you know dedication. Got to create entertainment around these parts, Anthony. Who's, who's losing right now? So you guys had a hell of a punishment for BK. Did oh, you see that, Dan? I, I was just going to ask him about that. You put on what would feel like it's a contraction a lady, simulator. Yeah, contraction uh-huh. simulator. Yeah. So, so technically, it's, it's for like back pains and stuff, but yeah. that's like what they use it for. It was brutal. I was surprised he agreed to it because like last year, he wouldn't agree to some of that stuff, BK. Yeah. And so when I brought it up to him, because we rather than do it weekly because it's a nightmare to try and accomplish, we're like, yeah. let's do it monthly and make them a little bit more entertaining. To me, that's not even the extreme of them all. Oh, really? Like the, the we now we've got to get it like somebody who's willing to do this, but we brought up doing like a live prostate exam on the radio. Oh wow! Like Im- impractical jokers. Wait, oh boy! What? Yeah, that's what we brought up as one of our punishments. And I, again, I'm amazed he agreed to it. So we still got a couple months away from that. This one's baby food. So BK's losing. Surprise! You got to eat. Baby a, food? a piece, a spoonful of baby food at the end of each segment. I don't think that's bad. Yeah, isn't baby food baby pretty food? good? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know we're some bodybuilders like, that do. Like, we're gonna get like the meat baby stuff food. though, where it's like the meat version of the baby food. Like we're oh. going disgusting. Oh. Okay, all right. Hey, yeah, is this you. like Christmas morning for you? Blues? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Great. Yeah, and I were just up. talking about that. Like it's waking cool, up, waking up today was like, oh hell yeah! It's this, and it's the start of the playoffs. That's when you get really excited. Yeah. Preseason, not so much. Yeah, preseason could be. Preseason's a little bit grueling. That could be That's tough, okay, though. But yeah, but yeah this fun. is exciting. I'm excited to see this one. Preseason frankly, has storylines and all that good yeah. stuff. That's and what frankly, I like about it. Frankly, with this one, there's so much skepticism around mm-hmm. the Blues that, I mean, frankly, I'm kind of curious what they look like. Yeah. You know? Because it's like, I'm optimistic. A lot of people are pessimistic. You get to see what they're going to look like. And as we saw from last year, you get a 3 nothing shutout victory in the third game of the season. I was ready to give them a Stanley Cup. And then they go on a seven-game losing streak. So hmm. I've, I feel like I don't know when I can trust this team. But yeah. I'm excited to see what they do against Dallas. 4-3 win tonight. You got a 4-3 win? I'm going 4-3 win. I said hammer the money line because I think it's like plus 170. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, I also said hammer an Oscar Sundquist goal. Really? Uh, Yeah. It's kind of a random one. Who gets the first big massive hit in the game? Shen is your captain, goes after somebody and I'm just smokes him. Sammy Blay. That's a good call, I'm too. Saying Tyler yeah. Tucker. Mm, I like that really? one, too. I think I think uh, Tucker's in this game for a reason, and I think it's going to be to lay a hit on one of those players coming down the other side. He uh, he gave it to Jamie Benn that last preseason game. I think that's what solidified their thought on putting Tyler Tucker in the lineup. It was kind of nice. interesting, too. They they had a lot of the normal guys, or the, what you would call the your normal lineup, I guess, if you will, against oh, yeah. Dallas. So I, I think there's could be a li- yeah. little carryover from that. We'll see. Yep. It's, that's yeah. always fun to watch. Thanks for letting me pop in, guys. Well, Marshy just spoiled the surprise, so I had to come give him some pro- Yeah, some I don't, I don't stash. on that. That's Alex, that's Alex Ferrari. You're going you're gonna to hear him. 
in about four minutes. We got Blues pregame coming up. Blues Stars pregame. Dan, good stuff as always. For Andrew Marsh and Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. We will see you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.